Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Conversation. We're also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Tonight we will be talking about and doing some analysis of the State of the Union's address, uh, President Obama's last State of the Union. I know there's a lot of folks out there saying yeehaw to that. Uh, so uh, this will be the last time. Uh, for those who do watch the State of the Unions, and I know a lot of people who do not, just because they do not want to hear uh, Obama, that's why I do it for you. Unfortunately, you'll hear from him tonight in the form of some audio clips that I've had taken from the State of the Union. Uh, so I will listen to those because I think it will help well with our commentary and our analysis. Uh, we'll also have some fact-checking uh, that we have here tonight. And so we'll uh, discuss that. If you'd like to join us tonight on the show, uh, just give us a call at 347-945-7428 and push the one on your number dial. And then uh, when I see that, I will get you into the show. And, of course, uh, for those who are new, uh, once you get into the show, uh, that'll be known that you get to stay in as long as you like here on Bart's Logic Political Talk because I know I hate it. When I would get into a show and only be on for a couple minutes, and then the coach was like, "Well, Bob, thanks for calling in, and goodbye." And so that's something I don't like doing uh, to the people on this show. So we let you stay on as as long as you like. So again, give us a call three four seven nine four five seven four two eight, and also check out the Bards Logic Political Talk website by going to www. 
BardsLogicPoliticalTalks.com. And I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, check out all the different pages there. i uh, got some interesting stuff. Uh, we've got uh, a list of all the guests on our featured guest page. We also have our Be Informed and Get Involved, where you can watch some Newsmax TV uh, right there on the website, uh, as well as our other pages there. Uh, as well as you could go and, if you'd like to follow me, the host, on Twitter, I have a button there where you can uh, follow that, as well as check out the Facebook page. Uh, there's a button for that, too. As well as, and I'd appreciate whether you're listening now live, or listening to the archive here uh, to just hit the little tweet button if you are a Twitter user, and that will tweet out uh, the link of tonight's show so that the people can either live or uh, while you're listening to the archive, uh, listen to the show as well or get the link so they can your friends can listen to it and your followers can listen to the show too. Uh, so and also you'll find on the contact page of the show uh, the email that I send out each week. Uh, to our guests, and one thing that I appreciate uh, a few to do while you're listening to the audio clip is just take the uh, text there and just copy and paste it to your email and send it out to the folks on your email list so that they can get the link to the show, the Facebook page, as well as to the website as well. So I try to make it as uh, work-friendly to folks as I could by going ahead and just putting that there available on the website. So you could go to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com and just copy uh, that on the contact page and paste it onto your email and send it out. And uh, I've already tested it, and we'll have uh, the links for your friends, uh, families, and those interested in our topics we discussed tonight. And so uh, while you're doing that, I will go ahead and play the first audio that I have from the State of the Union address. And then I have uh, Susan on the line. She'd like to chime in about uh, last night as well as uh, some others. And so push the one on your number dial when you're ready to come into the show. And so let's go ahead and begin with uh, the first uh, – and I'm doing this chronologically through the State of the Union. And, of course, we don't have all of it, but I do have some selected clips that we will uh, discuss this evening. Americans. Tonight marks the eighth year that I've come here to report – on the State of the Union. And for this final one, I'm going to try to make it a little shorter. <laughs> I know some of your answers get back to Iowa. <laughs> I've been there. I'll be shaking hands afterwards if you want some tips. Now, I understand that because it's an election season, expectations for what we will achieve this year are low. Uh, but, Mr. Speaker, I appreciate the constructive approach that you and other leaders took at the end of last year to pass a budget and make tax cuts permanent for working families. So I hope we can work together this year on some bipartisan priorities, like criminal justice reform and helping... and helping people who are battling prescription drug abuse and heroin abuse. So, 
Who knows? We might surprise the cynics again. But tonight, I want to go easy on the traditional. Okay, folks, and that was just a set of Frio's first short clip uh, that we had on there. And, of course, uh, when he talked about the Speaker of the House, he was referring to Paul Ryan, uh, which, personally, I think he just got the Speaker of the House. Even though he says he didn't want it, we all know that that's not true. Uh, but, anyway, I think he got it, of course, because he was the vice presidential candidate, uh, and he didn't make it, obviously. And we knew he wasn't going to because we knew uh, so Romney wasn't going to. But, anyway. And now that, he, you know, that's how he was rewarded for at least taking part in that uh, where they knew they, were, they weren't going to win. But I, I digress with that. And uh, so we'll go ahead and see how much Paul Ryan uh, is going to work with Obama this year and the Republicans and whether they're actually going to uh, help Obama solidify his legacy or whether they actually are going to be the opposition party, giving it more than just lip service, uh, but actually doing something. And so let's go ahead and get uh, Susan's take on uh, at least that part of what she heard. Uh, thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, not laughing. I think he thought we would laugh at his little comedian remarks, but, you know, what can I say? I, I have to laugh. admit, there were some there were some moments I chuckled last night. I have to admit. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I I was more angry than I chuckled. You know, just watching Paul Ryan behind him smirking and McCain applauding so or, or eating. Mm-hmm. What? It looked yeah, like he was that, eating that, or chewing was, gum or something. I don't know. Well, whatever. Uh, we don't have to worry. He's he's definitely a rhino. He's definitely going to work with Obama. He's going to do whatever he can to sabotage anything that any conservatives do. You know, one of the things so, uh, that he, you know, one of the things he was talking, you know, you know, talked about. We'll see as things unfold. Uh, for those who you know didn't watch it, is. You know, he's focusing on the next five to ten years is, you know, what he was talking about. Of course, you know, setting things up for another Democrat president. Of course, um, Newt Gingrich uh, posted on Facebook last night uh, that he thinks that this may be the last Democratic State of the Union in a long time. And, and we'll have to wait and see on on whether that uh, comes to pass. Uh, but, yeah, but that's, you know, setting things up for the future, th- setting things up for another one or two terms of Democrat rule, as I put it, um, and of course, you know, there's talk about, you know, fixing immigration, which of course we've been talking about for 40 years, uh, still hasn't done it, uh, raising minimum wage, you know, talks about that too, um, and he was even referring, and we'll talk more about this, whereas he was referring to Trump a lot, you know, and that's one of the questions I want people to consider uh, tonight is, you know, if both the Democrats and the Republican establishment are against Trump, uh, what does that say? What does that tell us? Well, that's definitely part of the conversation I want to have tonight. And for those uh, not part of our conversation but listening to the archive, I want you to consider that as well uh, with Trump. I've not fully jumped on the Trump bandwagon, so to speak. Um, personally, I'm not really excited about any of the candidates right now, at least not with the same level of excitement I had in 2012. Uh, but I'm getting closer 
definitely getting closer of, of having a candidate uh, that I'm more willing to support than others for, you know, for, for various reasons. And perhaps that'll become evident later. Uh, but it just think about that. If the establishment is against Trump and if the Democrats are against Trump, not only because he's just the, the front runner, but because, you know, of, of other things or reasons why, and not, you know, with the, the hatred and things of that nature they say he's doing, and, and perhaps there are some of that that people can see there. But I think, you know, we could talk about this more later, but I, I think there's something to that. Uh, but let's go ahead, and we've got Cindy on the line, and she'd like to get in. Uh, so let's thank Cindy for coming to the show. How are you tonight, Cindy? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I don't have a whole lot of voice, well, so I'm going to try to make my – Oh, thank good. I'm, I don't have a whole lot of voice, so I'm going to try to be real quick. Um, uh, or succinct. Um, like I told you yesterday, I didn't listen to the speech. I have such a hard time listening to that man just sit there and rattle off his lies and his snide remarks and his, his oh my gosh, his, his attitude is just so aloof and like he looks down on everybody. Um, and I just, I can't stand that kind of person, so it's hard for me to even listen. But just listening to uh, the comment that you just now played, um, it strikes me, I- I'm not opposed to a president um, using humor. I think Ronald Reagan was awesome. He had such a good way with humor and could deliver a joke. But they were intelligent jokes. Um what he was saying, I mean, how much class does it take to laugh about, oh, oh well, I'm going to make my speech shorter tonight. Um, how about no speech at all? That would really help me out a lot. Um, yeah. And everybody's laughing. I couldn't believe how everybody's just laughing at the top of their voices for such a stupid comment. I mean, what's so funny about that? What he says is so childlike. It's elementary school humor. I don't call that humorous at all, and I don't know kind of – it just goes to show you we we just laugh at anything nowadays, I guess. Well, I mean, I'm about to admit maybe I'm just easily amused, and, and that's not outside of the realm of possibility <laughs> <laughs> that I'm not easily amused. Yeah. Uh, and per, perhaps I am. Um, but, I mean, I have to admit, I mean, some of the – I mean, the I – mean, and maybe because I watched all of the State of the Unions that he's had, uh, like well, let me let me backtrack. All the ones since 2012 I've watched. Okay, because you know, of course, being on the show, we've all every year we've done our commentary and analysis uh, of the State of the Union, and so of course uh, I had to listen to it. I had to watch it. Um, and I think what he was referring to, and I'm sure you, you know, is you know a lot of his State of the Unions were, uh, I think. My memory serves correctly. It's been close to like an hour and a half, you know, perhaps not, but maybe it just felt that long. Uh, so that, that's what uh, I think he was referring to. And I, as I said, maybe I'm just easily amused. I I laughed a little bit. Um, and, and and as we hear tonight, some of these things, and we all know I'm not an Obama fan at all, fan at all, anything of that. But some of the things, not all, but there are just some of the things. If you would have closed your eyes and imagined someone else's voice saying it, you would almost think. Um, I know someone's going to want to slam me for saying this. I would think that a Republican was saying this. Um, now, maybe that's perhaps because how close the two parties, you know, are today. 
but I don't know. You guys be the judge. I mean, we'll listen to the we'll listen to the audio, and you know, it's it's not the whole thing. I don't have the whole stadium in you, but I do have uh, selected clips. So, and, and you be the judge. And at the end of the night, uh, you know, when we do our final thoughts or something of that nature, uh, you know, or later on the show, you know, let, let me know if you think that that's uh, true. And I do see uh, some folks uh, on the line. If you like to uh, chime in with us, just push the one on the number dial and we'll get you in. And so here's another uh, short clip that I'll play, you know, moving on, because, you know, we've definitely got a lot to talk about. Uh, so I even have some audio, not a lot, but uh, from the Republican response. And I definitely want to, you know, cover that too, as well as uh, the vote that was yesterday uh, that was to audit the Fed, uh, which the Democrats killed. And uh, we look for an article to find that. But one of the things that's causing some consternation among folks is that Ted Cruz missed the vote. And from my understanding, the vote only missed, uh, yeah, the vote only missed by four votes. And Ted Cruz missed it because he was campaigning. So I think there's a lot of folks who are upset about that. Uh, We'll talk more about that. But first, uh, I know some people want to hold their ears when they, He's going to come on, but we certainly can't, uh, you know, do discussion, commentary, analysis uh, without hearing it. So here's hey, Robert, uh, as I said earlier. Robert, yes. Can I can I make a comment on what you just said before you um, move on to that? Oh yeah, sure. Um, Go ahead. I I actually saw somebody um, somebody posted a tweet by Cruz after he had been. Um, criticized for not being at that vote. And his answer to that criticism was that um, he knew that the vote was going to lose. He had made this uh, commitment in New Hampshire uh, to be at this event a long time ago. And um, um, uh, he knew ahead of time that it was going to be, it wasn't going to pass. And so if he had thought that his presence there, and he actually said this, if I had thought that my presence there would have passed the bill, I would have been there. Um, and mm-hmm. he said that it lost, it uh, failed by seven votes, not four. Now, I, I haven't gone to the actual record to see who was right and who mm-hmm. was wrong, but um, uh, sure. that, that was his tweet. It was that he was there because, now, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm not that much of a, uh, Trump, a Cruz fan because I, I don't believe he's um, qualified because he was born in Canada. So, um, you know, I'm not defending him because I want to vote for him. I'm defending him because uh, I, I do think, I do understand that sometimes uh, when you're in the middle of campaigning, there are decisions you have to make about where you're going to be. And I think in this particular case, he was probably. Uh, not going to harm anything by being gone, and that's why he was. <laughs> it's great we hear the the, the young folks uh, in the background. And, and so what I'm going to do uh, here is I've uh, got a little call screening to do, and so we will play the audio clip. I see someone you like to come in from two zero eight. I'll be uh, coming on just to get your uh, name here in a few moments. And so yeah, well I mean we'll, we'll, we can touch more about that. Uh, I know there was some one of the debates that was talking about you know this talk during the debate if you recall Rubio missing some votes um, mm-hmm. uh, on that and I do see that we did have also someone else uh, for four seven 
407, uh, if you want to call back in, that's fine. Uh, just remember, folks, if you want to chime into the show, push the one on your number dial, and I'll get uh, get you into the show. And so let's go ahead and hear that other uh, audio clip. As I said, uh, there you go, folks. I see some, some people doing that. Uh, when this was about a couple minutes, I'm going to go ahead and do some, as I said, behind-the-scene work. That's how we secured the freedom in every state to marry the person we love. But, but such progress is not inevitable. It's the result of choices we make together. And we face such choices right now. Will we respond to the changes of our time with fear, turning inward as a nation, turning against each other as a people? Or will we face the future with confidence in who we are, in what we stand for, and the incredible things that we can do together? let's talk about the future and four big questions that I believe we as a country have to answer, regardless of who the next president is or who controls the next Congress. First, how do we give everyone a fair shot at opportunity and security in this new economy? Second. How do we make technology work for us and not against us, especially when it comes to solving urgent challenges like climate change? Third, how do we keep America safe and lead the world without becoming its policeman? And finally, how can we make our politics reflect what's best in us? and not what's worse. Okay, that was just Let me start with the economy. There. And, and, and when he was saying this part, it was hilarious, because then when I, you know, thought about the rest of the the State of the Union, I almost felt like, I was, you know, I was going through an essay because, you know, in an essay first, you know, you, you sum it up and then you do your different paragraphs um, about what you're going to talk about. I almost felt like he was going through an essay, and maybe that's how the speech writer wrote, uh, wrote it. And through my understanding, uh, speech writer wrote it. Uh, but through my understanding, uh, Obama did have a lot uh, of input in, in this particular. Perhaps that's uh, uh, because he, uh, you know, it's his last one. And so that kind of brings us in, and I'm going to bring Gene in, and then we'll we'll bring it back uh, to Cindy and uh, Susan, and then I have Ed on the line. We want to get him in as well. We'll get that after our next clip. But for those who are new, I uh, just want to uh, let you know to check out the website at 
Barge Logic, PoliticalTalk.com. Uh, check out the pages there as well as uh, if you're new to the show and uh, you like uh, what you have here, uh, send it out to your friends. And I've also put on the contact page the email that I send out to those on our email list, uh, if you like, and I'd appreciate it. If you just copied it and pasted it onto your own email and send it onto your email list, uh, and then it only, it only takes a they request uh, to be on my list, then I would put them on there. So uh, just read through the email, uh, copy, paste it, put it on yours, and uh, send it out. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, and that you can find on the contact page of the website. So let's go ahead and get Gene in here. Thank you very much, Gene, for coming to the show. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Good, good. Uh, you know, new year, uh, looking for a lot of uh, interesting and, and fun things this year. Uh, Going to get some uh, other guests and things on the show, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, an election year, that's always an interesting time. Oh, yes, it can be. I'm hoping that we get a different president that thinks outside the box, and like some of the other uh, listeners, I, I did not listen to the speech. I have been listening to the clips, but I definitely think we need a change, and I'm kind of hearing about those naval vessels that were captured for a while, and I guess they were released that, that I don't, they, get, they were asking on the news why they didn't radio, radio for help or something, unless they were snooping around like the Iranians claimed that there was. I, I just don't like to see us as a world power in those kind of situations, and I hope that we did a president that keeps us out of those situations. Yeah, do you think, uh, well, you know, right now the uh, front runner, uh, at least as it seems right now, is Donald Trump. And, you know, there was actually you know, some references to him from Obama, and, and we'll hear uh, from uh, Nikki Haley as well, who was making some comments. And we were talking earlier, whereas, you know, I'm saying if the establishment of Republicans, as well as the Democrats, are, are sliding against uh, Donald Trump, maybe that should tell us something. What do you think? And do you yeah, think that I he would that, be a, I, a president who would do what you, you're wanting? Yeah, I, I have to admit, I lean towards Trump, though he's controversial. He thinks outside the box and has his own money, and he's not afraid to step on somebody's toe. Tell us we need somebody to shake up fence, but I find it interesting to, to listen to Sanders, too, and I've seen that he's kind of running on the Hillary's parade. I wouldn't mind seeing Trump and Sanders running against each other. At least hopefully we'd get somebody that would shake up fence and, and get this country hopefully moving in a different direction than it has been. Yeah, definitely not. But I would think that, you know, that Trump would probably move us in a, a much different direction than what a Sanders would. I mean, he, he is a – no, he's very grassroots, and, of course, I really like that aspect of it. Um, oh, yeah, for both of them. You know, yeah, he's, yeah, he's really gra- – I'm sorry? Yeah, both of them seem like they're pretty well grassroots. That's what I like about both of those candidates. Yeah, you me know, too. You know, to I mean, he is a self-avowed socialist, though. But um, I don't know how much he, you know, he get he get through. But I can't say the Republicans because <laughs> lately they've put, been putting a lot of things through for uh, the Democrats, haven't they? Yeah, they have been, and uh, that'd be a lot different than uh, Bush, which would be an establishment type of candidate that would do the same old thing that Obama's doing. You probably couldn't tell too much difference between the two of them. Yeah, I mean, that's what a lot of folks had problems with with Bush in the second, uh, his second term, 
is, you know, deficits and spending and things of that nature. I think maybe a lot of it had to do with, um, you know, with what happened in, you know, 9-11. I think that had a lot. But, I mean, that was in his first term, but we were still continuing it even in the second. Of course, you know, people were wary. We were in Iraq for so long, things of that nature. Um, and, of course, you know, unfortunately that cost us a lot of money. Yeah, I question about 9-11 if it was something that the government set up. I wouldn't put them back. And uh, I think there's a lot of things that, that people don't know notice what's been going on in things, even with the JFK assassination, assassination that there's a lot of things that, that they don't want us to know about that, that goes on. Yeah, I, I got a friend, uh, Jim Condit Jr. He's uh, been on the show a couple of times. Uh, I know he's running against uh, – he ran against Boehner a few times um, for, you know, I, I think a primary seat or something. But anyway, he's, he's working on some things now. We're, we're working on getting uh, him back on the show. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's kind of of the mind where that might have been something with uh, 9-11, perhaps some kind of set up. And perhaps one day we'll have him on to talk more about that. And he, he did men- mention it uh, briefly, I think, on – on this, you know, a couple of shows or one of the shows that he's been on some time ago. Of, of course, people can look back at uh, one of the many archives and, and see them there. Um, so we also had, uh, uh, you know, him on with that as well as, uh, as I said, just look like there's a, I'm having a brain freeze on, on a good friend of him who was a, <laughs> a Democrat congressman, <laughs> was more of a conservative. He was, he was a conservative Democrat. Congressman, he's re- and he recently passed away, um, but we had him on uh, the show uh, as well. Actually, it wasn't too too much uh, before uh, he ended up passing. Is um, oh, you know what? I'm gonna have to look through the archives. Remember, I get terrible. That I can't remember. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll look through our, our list here on the website, uh, which actually is on yeah, the other on the guest page um, when, he, when we had him on. Um, but anyway, so let's go ahead, and that, that was a real short clip, and what I want to do is I want to uh, play the next one and then get Cindy uh, and Susan back on, but then at, but first, after the audio clip, we're going to bring Ed in. So this is uh, a longer clip, so that gives us uh, some opportunity to uh, hear this, and then I'll get some more you know, behind-the-scenes stuff done, honestly. And then we can uh, get some more commentary on that. As I said, it sounds like a lot of people didn't watch this so, or watch, listen, what have you. Uh, so here we go. working student should be stuck in the red. We've already reduced student loan payments by, uh, to 10% of a borrower's income. And that's good. But now we've actually got to cut the cost of college. Providing two years of community college at no cost for every responsible student is one of the best ways to do that. And I'm going to keep fighting to get that started this year. It's the right thing to do. But a great education isn't all we need in this new economy. We also need benefits and protections that provide a basic measure of security. It's not too much of a stretch to say that some of the only people in America who are going to work the same job in the same place with a health and retirement package for 30 years are sitting in this chamber. (laughs) For everyone else, 
especially folks in their 40s and 50s, saving for retirement or bouncing back from job loss has gotten a lot tougher. Americans understand that at some point in their careers, in this new economy, they may have to retool, they may have to retrain, but they shouldn't lose what they've already worked so hard to build in the process. That's why Social Security and Medicare are more important than ever. We shouldn't weaken them, we should strengthen them. And for Americans short of retirement, basic benefits should be just as mobile as everything else is today. That, by the way, is what the Affordable Care Act is all about. It's about filling the gaps in employer-based care so that when you lose a job or you go back to school or you strike out and launch that new business, you'll still have coverage. Nearly 18 million people have gained coverage so far. And in the process... In the process... Healthcare inflation has slowed, and our businesses have created jobs every single month since it became law. Now, uh, I'm guessing we won't agree on healthcare anytime soon. But, <laughs> oh, applause right there. Just a guess. But there should be other ways parties can work together to improve economic security. Say a hard-working American loses his job. We shouldn't just make sure that he can get unemployment insurance. We should make sure that program encourages him to retrain for a business that's ready to hire him. If that new job doesn't pay as much, there should be a system of wage insurance in place so that he can still pay his bills. And even if he's going from job to job, he should still be able to save for retirement and take his savings with him. That's the way we make the new economy work better for everybody. I also know Speaker Ryan has talked about his interest in tackling poverty. America is about giving everybody willing to work a chance, a hand up. And I'd welcome a serious discussion about strategies we can all support like expanding tax cuts for low-income workers who don't have children. <laughs> but there are some areas where we just have to be honest. It has been difficult to find agreement over the last seven years. And a lot of them fall under the category of what role the government should play in making sure the system's not rigged in favor of the wealthiest and biggest corporations. And it's an honest disagreement. And the American people have a choice to make. I believe a thriving private sector is the lifeblood of our economy. I think there are outdated regulations that need to be changed. There is red tape that needs to be cut. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. 
But after years now of record corporate profits, working families won't get more opportunity or bigger paychecks just by letting big banks or big oil or hedge funds make their own rules at everybody else's expense. A middle, middle class families are not going to feel more secure because we allowed a tax on collect, uh, collective bargaining to go unanswered. Food stamp recipients did not cause the financial crisis. Recklessness on Wall Street did. Immigrants aren't the principal reason wages haven't gone up. Those decisions are made in the boardrooms that all too often put quarterly earnings over long. Okay, folks, and I'll make some comments, and I do have an article, and then we're going to bring in uh, bring in Ed and then bring it back to, to you, Susan, and you, Cindy, and then we'll uh, get Gene in as well, of course. And some of the topics I want to make sure that we cover, as he did mention, uh, about strengthening uh, Social Security and Medicaid, mobile benefits, uh, and this is some of the interesting things that uh, he said, talking about wage insurance. Now, I'd like to talk more about that. And then new uh, – I guess programs for low-income folks without children. So, you know, makes me wonder who's he want to, uh, you know, target on that. I guess, you know, the young, things of that nature. And, you know, of course, you know, they're trying to push uh, minimum wage. They even have something here locally where they're talking about, you know, single moms who, you know, it's called minimum wage single moms. So they're really trying to, really trying to push, uh, push that. And so also, uh, yeah, interesting, as I said earlier, about the, the wage insurance and, and, and see what folks uh, think with that is, of course, this didn't have a lot of details. We'll hear more about that as, I guess, the year goes on and, and we'll hear the debates. And I'm sure we'll hear Hillary Clinton while she's talking uh, about things when she's running, that she's going to be uh, actually taking over the mantle, passing the torch to her, I think, is uh, what they're going to do uh, for her to carry on You know what Obama's uh, been doing for the past eight years. Uh, but speaking of um, the health care that he did and talk about the inflation is slowed, uh, I did have an article here from factcheck.org. And what I'll do is I'll have uh, the links here uh, that I'll put on the Bars Logic Plug Talk website. And then also shortly you'll uh, find the links on, uh, uh, I mean, on Facebook, and then shortly you'll find the link on the website. And this is uh, the analysis from factcheck.org. It says, Obama again credited the Affordable Care Act for slow growth in health care inflation that economists have pinned largely on the economy, and that started before the Affordable Care Act was even passed. Nearly 18 million people have gained coverage so far, Obama said, of his health care overhaul, and in the process, health care inflation has slowed. As we have written several times now, Healthcare spending has grown at historically low rates in recent years. From 2009 to 2012, total national healthcare expenditures rose at rates around 4% per year and dipped as low as 2.9% in 2013. For 2014, the latest figure available, healthcare spending growth jumped up to 5.3%. 
and there's a, a table it looks like they have there that you'll be able to see when I put out the link uh, later. It says the Journal of Health Affairs noted in 2012 that the growth rates were the lowest since CMS started compiling the National Health Expenditure Count data in 1960. But what impact would the ACA, Affordable Health Care Act, have on spending growth rates? Note that the slowdown began in 2009, a year before the health care law was enacted. And the latest figure for 2014, a year in which the major coverage provisions of the law went into effect, including the establishment of the health care exchanges and expansion of Medicaid, actually went up. In fact, experts have said the lower rates of growth have been largely a reflection of the sluggish economy. A 2013 analysis by the Kaiser Family Foundation that said much of the decline in health spending growth in recent years was fully expected given what was happening more broadly in the economy. CMS experts said in 2014 that the Affordable Health Care Act had had a minimal impact. The health care law could have had some effect on the slower growth. Drew Altman, CEO of KFF, wrote in 2013 that the law could have an indirect effect in the White House Council of Economic Advisors, November 2013 report, said that the Affordable Care Act's reduction in Medicare spending would have a spillover effect on spending overall. Obama ties an increase and the number of insured to a slowdown in health spending. But back in 2014, CMS's experts projected the opposite, a bump up in the growth rate in the future due to expanding insurance coverage under the Affordable Care Act. CMS estimates an average growth of 6% per year for 2015 through 2023, largely as a result of the continued implementation of the Affordable Care Act covered expansion, faster projected economic growth, and the aging of the population. In 2014's growth rate of 5.3% moves healthcare spending towards that very projection. As for Obama's claim that nearly 18 million have gained cover so far, that's an administration estimate based largely on the Gallup Healthways Wellbeing Index Survey through September 2015. The administration says 15.3 million gained insurance coverage through the individual marketplace, including the state and federal exchanges and Medicaid, and another 2.3 million young adults have gained coverage due to the Affordable Care Act September 2010 provision, requiring insurers to keep them on their parents' plan until age 26. These are estimates and are more robust than than official numbers from the CDC's National Health Interview Survey, only, which only goes through June 2015. But they show a drop in the uninsured of the 17.8 million from 2009, a year before the Affordable Care Act was enacted to the first six months of 2015. And with that being said, let's go ahead and bring Ed to the show. Thank you very much, Ed, for calling in. How are you? All right, happy new year. Happy hey, new year. The sky is heat hey, the sky is heating. The sky is heating. I said the sky is heating. We must take their guns. We must take their guns. And then we'll give them free education. And we'll give them free health care and we'll take care of them. I'm Obama. We're gonna take care of you all. Don't worry. 
I'll make sure the sky doesn't heat too hot. We're going to take care of you all. Don't worry about it. And I own the Republican Party. Heck, I didn't even have to veto all the uh, expenditures and, and the Planned Parenthood spending, spending and everything else, man. I own them all, man. And and, and you know what? More affo- Pedal to the metal on Obamacare. It's coming down the highway. And, you know, the sky is heating. And this is what we're up against. These idiots from the District of Corruption, the land called the District of Corruption, D.C., they'll never stop. And both the Democrat and Republican Party are very corrupted. That's why it's up to us to take our states back, ignore and nullify D.C. Mm-hmm. What's the bill, uh, the nullification bill that they're kicking around up there? There's some real con- uh, some conservative guys that are what – is, what is that called? In which state? See, now well, we're talking no, state nullification. Well, I know, but I, no, I, I mean, there's some nullification. Also, I thought there was also somebody trying to do this in the in the uh, in in Washington, that where well, um, they need to recognize states' rights, and you know right. that's a good thing. When they start, you're not going to hear too many of your candidates out there recognizing states' rights. Cruz did recognize it a little bit. Of course, Rand Paul probably recognized it a little bit. And I've heard, you know, Cruz change his position on medical marijuana and marijuana because, you know, states have already nullified the 1937 Marijuana Tax Act. So, you know, Cruz came out at first. He was opposed to it. He's, he's not for marijuana, but he believes that the state should have the right to nullify, you know, bad law. And, you know, if we, can, we don't have the right to nullify unconstitutional law. We're in trouble because then you might as well say most of the law will be unconstitutional and he won't have much constitution left. And that's why, you know, nullification is a very important issue. And in these, you're not going to hear them expound about it because the District of Columbia wants everything to come from D.C. There's no way health care should be coming out of D.C. There's no way uh, education and all this other stuff should be coming out of D.C. That's a state and local right. D.C. is supposed to be enumerated. It's not supposed to have 4.1 million employees as much as most of our states. Prior to the Civil War, there was uh, any state had more employees than the federal government. But like I said, today, 4.1 million, that was more than when they wrote the Constitution, the population of the United States when they wrote the Constitution. It's ridiculous how huge it is. And if you think that Democrats and Republicans are going to get rid of it, no, they're beholden to it. They worship at the altar of the federal government in D.C., District of Corruption. And, you know, our best way is to learn more. I, I suggest go to the 10th Amendment Center, go to Chris Ann Hall. There's a lot of nullification books out there. Uh, Woods, Thomas Woods, uh guy who wrote the Politically Incorrect Guide to uh, the South and the Civil War, also wrote nullification, a book. And it really gets deep into nullification because we need to take back our states. And we need to ignore and nullify D.C. And Susan, uh, did you want to make any uh, comments to what Ed said or anything that we've uh, heard here from the, the previous clip? Uh, actually, I want to address where he was talking about um, foreign policy, you know, and war and one after this and that one and everything we're doing with different countries. Um, it is our true policy to steer clear a permanent alliance with any portion of the foreign world. George Washington's farewell address, peace, commerce, honest friendship, 
with all nations entangling alliances with none from the inaugural pledge of Thomas Jefferson. Gee, if only he'd follow that, we wouldn't have half the problems we had. And, um, oh, I know you haven't gone to that clip, but um, I, I, I am so, oh, this thing where he, the cancer thing, uh, and Biden, um, he's, yeah, I actually him. think that's going to be our next. That's going to be on our next clip. Okay, I can wait for that. Um, um, yeah, I I think I messaged you that <laughs> my 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 letter, <laughs> my email. Have you been watching President Obama give his last day of the union speech? <laughs> and, and it goes on, you know. And he sent me one before. We're going to need you more than ever in the coming months. Thank you for standing with us. I have no clue where they're coming up for this, but I'm getting these letters straight from the White House <laughs> emails. So um, I'm certain that uh, he, uh, somebody there is monitoring certain things, as you well know, because I get these. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think I watched, because I had flipped on from something and uh, that I recorded, and there it was, his speech, and I'm like, Oh, how droll. <laughs> Him again. Okay. And uh, I got to watch it, and it was just like, I, I didn't watch the whole thing, though, any more than the others did, because it just annoys me to no end. But then again, I don't think there's been any presidents that have really watched their full speeches, because they all lie. And uh, um, we can go into the... Um, Oh, yeah, cruise and this boat. Hmm. Okay, here's where I, I sort of disagree with Cindy. I'm going to hold him responsible. I do not care if he thinks it would lose. You know what? You're there. You're standing by your fellow brothers in the trenches. If that's how he is, you know what? I wouldn't want him beside me in the foxhole. Oh, well, it's, uh, we're going to lose anyway, so I'm going to abandon you to get shot and killed. Um. No, no, huh? You're on the campaign trail. There's no excuse. If you don't want to vote, which you're getting paid to do, that is your job. You're earning money to vote and to discuss stuff. You know what? Give the money back for that day or week or whatever. Quit being a senator and just run for president. If you cannot do both, Bernie Sanders is running. He was there and he voted for it. Rich and Crape are both co-sponsored it from Idaho. Bravo, you two. I called and thanked them today, as well as Bernie Sanders. And um, you know what? I'm proud of my two senators for doing that. I don't care if it lost by four votes or seven votes. You are there supporting your people. And that way they see that you're supporting them, and others see that too. So, no, I don't like what he did. He can give every excuse in the world and short of an emergency at the hospital, short of a death in the family, I'm sorry. You fly back there, you vote, then you go back to your engagement. Nothing is more important than standing for what you believe in and letting people in the world see that. And he didn't do it. Then you would think there would be, you know, with technology being today, you would think there would be some kind of app they could do, seriously, you know, where they can actually vote remotely. You know what I mean? I take them. I mean, he don't have to leave Iowa or wherever where he's 
Well, I can go uh, with that too. You know, campaigning. Yeah. I mean, there should be a way. There should be a way where they can they they can vote. I mean, uh, I mean, it would mean more for him to actually be there physically, but you know, at least there's a way to do that. And before I bring Jen, uh, bring Jean back in, I just want to read some comments here from uh, Jesse here in the in the chat. And uh, thank you very much, uh, Jesse, for uh, coming to the show, participating with us. Uh, and uh, and some of these uh, will be disjointed, but it all connects to everything we've said. It says, uh, I, I've wondered, I've often wondered if enough people refuse to file their income taxes, would that be an effective way of, peace, of peaceful protest? And uh, it looks like he's also, it says, I'm not a Trump a fan. I don't believe he could answer very many questions regarding our founding document. And, Gene, I wonder if very many of the people on either side uh, can do that. I know one thing our, our friend Kelly, and hopefully we'll hear from Kelly tonight. I know uh, last time I talked to me was under the weather. Uh, so, Kelly, if you're listening out there, I uh, hope you're feeling better soon. And hopefully we'll hear from him tonight. Uh, I also would like to do maybe a constitution uh, test, uh, make uh, our candidates have to pass that before, you know, being able to run uh, or, or take Bravo, office. Bravo, I have said that. And, for a long time. Yeah, yeah I and then, and, and then, yeah, I think I, 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 I recall that. And then, uh, Gene puts in a republic, recognizes law is unchanged. Uh, and the way it was first, he goes, America set up to be a constitutional republic. He says, the republic recognizes law is unchangeable, or at least it can only be changed by a higher source in government. The people are the higher source in government. That means any gun legislation has to be considered only under a vote by the people. And I guess we'll talk about a referendum here. And uh, so thank you very much. Uh, you're welcome, Gene. Uh, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get you or you'll be able to get you uh, the the, fo- the cell phone so we can get you the call in. I'm out here waiting for an alternate to get in. Been out oh, here this was, uh, oh, no, this is Jesse. <laughs> I meant Jesse, not Gene. Yeah, sorry about that, Gene. Actually, I was getting ready to bring okay. in after I read the comments from Jesse. Jesse and Gene, they're kind of, uh, at least the beginning sound is close. But that, those were comments <laughs> from Gene. See, I almost did it in. Let's call, sorry, Jesse, I almost called you Gene again. Sorry, Gene, that. But anyway, <laughs> so those were Jesse's comments. Can you see? It's been a long week. Um, so let's go ahead, Gene. I'm going to shut up and, and, and get your get your comments. Go ahead. Now, which one are you listening for, for Gene or Jesse? Got me confused. Well, G- Jesse is in the chat. You are on the call, and we're waiting here from Gene on the call. That's you. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I found that it was interesting what Susan said about people needing to vote. Otherwise, uh, they shouldn't get paid for a while like that. And Obama had some interesting things about the education, but somebody's going to have to pay for it because Europe had that for a while, and I read about that. It's been a number of years. I assume they still have it. It's interesting where where you can get trained on the kind of on the unemployment while you're I guess they can draw for quite a while and get retrained, but I don't know how they would pay for it. Some of those programs sound the idea by the way, go ahead. But some of those programs sound interesting, but how would they be paid for and, and all those different things and or even more help for people who go to the community college because it Seems like state more education for the young people that get the child or anything that would help, but it it, it takes money, so that that part is interesting, though. And then I know some 
jumped ahead about uh, foreign embar- involvement, which I guess is only the next clip, but I think we should be not, if we're involved in the world, we shouldn't destabilize it. We should somehow have some allies to help us keep the world a more stable place and we wouldn't have to spend money on so much of these wars which waste the money. Yeah, Ned, if you'd like to uh, come on on uh, anything we've heard here with uh, Gene, has said, go ahead, Ed. <laughs> yeah, um, well, as far as, you know, D.C. should not be involved in education. And I'm kind of pissed off at uh, Cruz, too, for missing that vote. I mean, it's been 20 years Yay. that we've been fighting to get the Fed. We're trying to get the Fed audited. And, you know, it's a long conservative fight to get away from decentralized power the, the centralization of power, the district of corruption, and the biggest part of the district of corruption is the money power of the Federal Reserve. And if we can't audit that, we're you know we are definitely uh, in in a bad straits. And that's why you know there's a big push to audit the Fed, and we need to audit the Fed. And you know mm-hmm. regardless of the thing, I, I I didn't see how Rubio or um, Rand Paul. I'm sure Rand Paul voted. You know, to audit the Fed. Oh yeah, it was that's the one that started it. But I'm not sure Rubio. Rubio usually misses. I would if you told me Rubio missed, I'd tell you, yeah, well, of course he missed. He misses all the important votes. He don't care. But you know, that's not a good thing for Cruz. It's just not a good thing for his whole whole campaign. And I consider him and Paul the most constitutional and that people out there. You know, and he's just you know kind of another little thing against them. But you know, it's like. I still don't see too much hope in things changing through D.C. I think our best hope is to work within our states, you know, and to work at uh, bartering associations, trading amongst each other, and you'd be ready because they're crashing. And, you know, some devastating things could be happening in the next few years. There's no doubt about it. We're, we're heading for some uh, some rough times, it looks like, and, you know, um, build the community. Do what you can locally. Act locally. Work with your sheriffs. I just met two my uh, county sheriff. Uh, I was doing a gun show this weekend, passing out uh, constitutional sheriff information. There's a constitutional sheriff's organization. Get your sheriff involved. He's the most important local position. You know, and he can stop the feds from coming in. And you know, it's like that's the kind of stuff we need to work at. And then I, the, uh, yesterday, I went to a meeting. Uh, for the, for the uh, sheriff was speaking there at one of the Tea Party meetings, and but it was for uh, a different county that I actually live in. But it was still, you know, nice talking to him, giving him information about constitutional sheriff, uh, about nullification, and you know, we got to educate our sheriffs, and we need to make our local community stronger because the district of corruption is corrupt. I mean, it's corrupt. You know, you think, you know, it's just beyond, I mean, 560-some organizations, 4.1 million employees. These guys just exist for themselves. They put us deeper and deeper in debt every year. The Republicans aren't no different than the Democrats. I've been telling people that for 30, 40 years. Now they're finally starting to wake up to it, you know. And, I, you know, hey, do you think maybe getting a Republican president there might help us? Mm, It might. It might a little bit. It might start getting in the right direction. But that Republican Congress and, and Senate, that the most Republicans ever elected to the House, didn't help it none. I mean, they passed Obama's mm-hmm. uh, spending bill without him doing anything. Obama just 
My uncle went on his vacation and says, man, I own these Republicans. They like to shine my boots. You know, and that's what we're up against. <laughs> it, does, the district it, of corruption. it does seem that way. Oh, it is and that I've way. Got, uh, I, I, I would say that for 35, 40 years. Even Reagan won his credit. Reagan didn't sign the amnesty bill. They would love to have what Reagan signed right now. I mean, the, the, the Democrats would jump it up and down if they can only get Reagan to sign, you know, be president and sign that bill again. So it's better than what they're even trying to get out there. And, you know, it's just been going on for a long time. And, you know, it's like it's time we wake up and realize the power of the states. It's the ultimate check and balance and the power of the people. Trial by jury, we can veto them that way. I mean, we need to get back to the Ninth and Tenth Amendments and back to Bill Rights. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know we have, uh, you know, we were slotted to have some Constitution Party uh, folks uh, come on to the show uh, this month, but unfortunately, I don't know if something's going on uh, over there. It's, it's, it's actually in the folks, some folks in Idaho, uh, but I haven't been able to. Uh, yeah, I haven't been able to contact them, so maybe maybe uh, later on this month or, or early February, I'm uncertain. Uh, but just to answer the folks' questions, Rubio did vote in this uh, uh, in this for the bill. He did vote yay. Holy moly! So he did. Yeah, wow. so he oh did vote. Goodness. Yeah. He voted so uh, and actually, it, yeah. So he did, and so did uh, and so did uh, Sanders. Sanders voted yay as well. So, I mean, he, he's yeah, busy yeah, fighting against uh, Hillary Clinton, and he, he found time to do it. Now, let's see. Let me look, let me look through. I know we've got some Idaho folks here on the line. Uh, so let's, let me look down this list here I got here. Looks got uh, Crapo. Oh, that's a terrible last name. Poor guy. Um, Correct. It looks like they got a list. Uh, oh no. Let's see. But anyway, Crapo voted yay, so he voted hey. for it. Yeah, <laughs> good old Crapo. Um, no, I just, I just think oh. it's funny. That's why I keep. I can't help. I can't help myself. Rich was the co-sponsor. Rich was the co-sponsor. And uh, Reich, uh looks like he voted yay as hey. well. Uh, we've got some Florida folks here. I know we got some Florida folks here, so let me check uh, uh, for the Florida. Rich. you got to say it right. Well, you said Rubio voted. Rich. Rich. Let's see. Nelson, Let's, uh, the other Rich. one. Rich. Let's see. I'm trying to scan them, but uh, let's see. Interesting. Oh, oh, Lindsey Graham voted for it. Yes. I called him too. <laughs> Once in a while, a blind squirrel will get an acorn. <laughs> you know, I am not seeing any. I am, I am not seeing. Oh, there we go. Nelson, Democrat, uh, Florida, voted nay. It shouldn't surprise anyone. Yeah. The, no. He never votes for it. Yeah, they don't have this list. Uh, yeah, they have an alphabetical order. They don't have it uh, according to state. Um, yeah, well, Rubio's the other one. You said Rubio voted for it, so we they did, can't. Yeah, well, that's right, though, Rob. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, tell me a brain freeze there. I tell you what, I'm Robert, just going to do that. Thanks. Have a good night. Robert, can I have a can I have a moment to uh, comment on a couple of things here? 
Um, Pepsi moments, yeah. First of all, yeah. in, the, in the clip before last, um, Obama made the comment that um, we should have confidence in who we are. Well, um, this is a direct uh, contradiction to his apology tour all over the Middle East, telling people how horrible we are. Um, he also said that we can do great things and, and we're, we can accomplish great things um, when this is another um, lie because he has said that he didn't think we were anybody special here in the United States. But for the sake of a speech, he'll say anything. Um He's got all these ideas. Yes, yeah, made comment to that on uh, CNN. Go ahead. Uh, these ideas that he brought up in his speech are nothing new. He has said them in almost every speech. Um, when he has a speech writer and he gets in front of everybody with his um, his you know little thing there that he reads off of. Um, teleprompter. Teleprompter. He made the comment. Yeah, teleprompter. He made the comment that Congress was the only one with uh, the security because of their ironclad retirement uh, agreements. Yeah. Uh, but actually, this is any government job has these absolutely atrocious retirement benefits. It's unbelievable what they get. All you got to do is serve one term in some little county council thing, and you're set for life. And it's all over the place. It's not just in the federal government. It's it's also in the local governments everywhere. You get a government job, and I don't care what happens. Boy, you're set. And yet he wants to increase the amount of government jobs that we have. This is incredible um, because the American people have to pay those jobs. And he's making fun of it. He's making fun of congressmen like, you know, why should they get all the money? He's part and parcel of it. That man gets bukus of money and so. Uh, Security for his whole life um, after he leaves office. He gets that reward for absolutely annihilating our country. And, and it is just, I just, I, my blood boils when I hear him say, say stuff like that. And really, he's going to say the Affordable Care Act has brought down our, our, our health care costs? Now, I don't know mm, about That's what gentlemen I talked to the other day. I don't I don't know about all the other people here on this phone conversation tonight or anybody that might be hearing this later on, but if you had insurance before the ACA was passed, you will now be paying at least one-third more than you were before. In other words, you're spending everything you were before plus a third more at least. I believe um, that I myself am spending one and a half times more than what I was before. Now, how do you equate that with uh, um, health care costs going down? Um, no, we're not going to agree. He and I are not going to agree on health care uh, at all because I don't like my insurance going up 50% from what it used to be. And if he thought all those wonderful ideas were so good, how come he didn't do them before? Okay. The system's not rigged. I mean, he's part and parcel to the regulations that are killing our businesses and sending them overseas. He's the one who is rigging the system for those people. And, you know, 
I just can't believe that he still says stuff like that and expects us to suck it in and and um, believe it and worship him. I mean, he keeps saying the same thing over and over again, and nothing gets done because everybody knows that it would be disaster to do the things that he says, just like the Health Care Act has been. So, I, you know, I, I the man is beyond... Hmm. Well, anyway, hey Gene, Trump. You, you mentioned Trump having his own money. Um, <clears throat> I used to do research. Well, I still do sometimes. I do research for my daughter. She's a, she was a history major in UCF, and um, I did some research. And there was a time in American politics where you did not get the job. You weren't even you weren't even considered in an election unless you did have a whole lot of money because everyone considered um, a, a, a middle-class guy or a poor guy, um, they, they considered him susceptible to bribes and, and all kinds of cor- uh, corruption uh, because they, were gonna, they needed to increase their, their self. Okay. Now, that doesn't account for how the, the saying that the rich want to get richer. No rich man is happy with the amount of money he has, or at least none that I have heard about. Um, they all try to make even more and more money. So, you know, I'm not sure that that idea was too correct, but I think it makes a whole lot of sense, especially in today's time, because of how much uh, of a hold um, the, the donators have on the guy they elected. And, and, you know, who knows how much dirt they have on these people. Not only are, do they have a hold of them on one hand with their purse, on the other hand, they probably have all this other uh, trash on them that, um, that they can hang on to and, and reveal at the proper time. This is another thing I like about Trump. And like I said, I have not necessarily chosen Trump as my person. I haven't chosen anybody in particular. I just, I, I see this as a plus because all his dirt has already come out. We all know who That's Trump true. is. What, what, what are they going to say about him? What are they going to say about him? You're right, right? I mean, we all know exactly, and he's admitted everything. I like that. I like those two things about his candidacy, and I think those are one of the reasons why the elite are panicking. Um, and they are working overtime to try to find a way mm-hmm. to break from. Um, now, Cruz, uh, you guys are, you know, against Cruz because he didn't vote, and that's fine, and that's fine. I, I, I kind of agree with that, too. Um, but I really, I, I don't think that I could vote for Cruz anyway because I think that his birth uh, certificate is going to give him big troubles later on. And when he has big troubles, if he were to get the Republican nomination, not only he would have big troubles, but the Republican Party would now have big troubles. Because now we've got to spend all our money on defending him against all these suits, and you're going to have to put up uh, ads that rebuke, uh, or rebut, rebut all the other uh, trash coming out, you know, and, and accusations. So I, I think it would be a very bad mistake for America to choose uh, to the Republican Party to choose Ted Cruz as our nominee because I see a lot of trouble 
uh, coming down the pike because of his um, birth status. Um, but anyway, that's that was my take on so far what he what he has said. Well, I do have uh, another audio, and I, I got the name from uh, the gentleman we had in the show. Uh, he's passed away now. Uh, he was a friend of uh, Jim Connor Jr., and that was uh, he was a former uh, Democrat uh, congressman from Ohio. I believe he's from Cleveland, and that was James Trafficant, and he was uh, definitely uh, he was a conservative Democrat. Uh, oh but, yeah, uh, he was definitely I a firebrand. A lot of yeah, we've we had him on the on the show a couple of times. Uh, as well, we did a, a show, kind of a, a dedication show on him too, when he passed away. Uh, and so, you know, I just wanted to—I <laughs> I looked it up. I was like, "Oh, that's right." It was terrible. I had a, a brain freeze, but I did. Um, and so, you know, I, I thought with the cruise, uh, you know, with with the, his birth, uh, you know, the controversy on that and Trump bringing it up, and, and some people were like, oh, "Okay, well, Donald Trump's trying to, you know." get himself separation in the polls with, with Cruz. But I'm wondering, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and this ain't really a conspiracy. I'm, this is actually more something that would help Cruz in the long term is if Trump is bringing, because you've seen how those two have been interacting for the most part. And I wonder if, because, you know, if Trump talks about it, they will come. You know what I mean? When you talk about the media and things of that nature and the attention, is that uh, it makes me wonder if Trump's just bringing it out to air, you know, because I think there's somebody else in, in Congress who may have been uh, doing an investigation or something of that nature about it. Uh, but perhaps Trump was, and this is food for thought, is to have people have the discussion now so that if Trump does get the nomination, if he decides to have Cruz be his running mate, it could be a, uh, a moot point. It could be a, a moot issue uh, by the time the general election. Just speculation, but yeah, I'll throw that out there uh, for people to gnaw on. Um, and so, and secondly, you know, for folks who uh, just came in, whether it's live or uh, listening, I see Kelly, our good friend Kelly on the line. And Kelly, I will be getting you in very shortly, and I'm glad to see him uh, see him in here. And so, but what I mentioned earlier is, you know, you've got the Democrats sliding Trump. You have the Republican establishment, and we'll hear a little bit of that later on tonight. Uh, we should be able to get there. Um, sliding Trump. So if you have both the establishment Republicans, consider this. If you have the establishment Republicans, you know, sliding Trump, who is, as of right now, they're, you know, running <laughs> the, the top contender there, um, you know, in their field, and they're, and they're still sliding them. And then you also have the Democrats doing it. Uh, I think they're, you know, they very well both which means the politicians, uh, the you know oligarchy, so to speak, perhaps they're they're afraid of Trump, uh, and maybe there's something to be said about that, and you know, maybe we can have that be more of a you know the conversation, um, and tonight. But let's go ahead and and I do some more audio, and of course uh, we'll get to that. But let's go ahead and welcome Kelly for coming to the show. Kelly, I'm presuming you're feeling better. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Yeah, I wasn't feeling too well last week, and. Uh... Was having a conversation with a friend. I didn't watch the time, but um, here I am, and uh, we were talking about Mr. Cruz. Um, somebody uh, talked to me about the situation with Cruz not being legally eligible, and <clears throat> citing a court case, uh, Minor versus Happerset, 18, late 1800s case, which is quite definitive. 
And I figured I'd talk to a paralegal who's, if I have a chunk of money, he's going to law school immediately. I mean, he loves freedom, the Constitution, and inju- he hates injustice. Well, anyway, I asked him, hey, Mike, do you know about Minor versus Happer? said, he said, oh, yeah. Well, uh, do you know the background behind Minor versus Happer? said? I mean, this guy, some people might want to watch a sitcom or whatever. He just, he just sits and studies the law in his all the time. I think he's like me times ten. But anyway, Mike, you know about Minor versus Happer? said, he says, oh, yeah. Is Cruz ineligible? He says, yeah, plus Rubio, plus Jindal. Uh, they're all ineligible. That was his opinion. And the my first informant told me the a boondoggle that happened with the birthers. You know how the birthers got their name birthers? Oh, Obama's fine. He was born in Hawaii, all this stuff. And there was overwhelming evidence, Connecticut Social Security number, blah, 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 blah. But all these cases failed because what happened was um, Justia is a, a, loss, um, a legal research site. When you want to look at what's, I mean, I've gone there many a time to look up court cases and find out whatever. Well, the owner of, of Justia was basically an Obama worshiper. And during, um, uh, before this was even discovered, um, he hid this key court case, Minor versus Happerset. He hid it from Justia. So these attorneys that have the pleadings and they're relying upon uh, just yeah, they never found nor put in their pleadings with the court, so they they looked like idiots. But basically, you have to be both parents have to be naturalized, and you have to be born in the United States. I mean, there's a natural citizen, a naturalized citizen. At minimum, naturalized meaning you're on green card. You're here on a green card, but you have uh, you're born on American soil. Well, his Cruz's mother was born in America. Was an American citizen, but his father was not. And Minor versus Happerset goes even further with uh, the, the, the um, obviously desire and intent of uh, the vice president, even the Speaker of the House, was that they too had to be native-born, uh, natural citizen, because if the president was assassinated, died, what have you, then the vice president, oh, he's ineligible to serve because he's not a natural citizen. And then it goes down to the Speaker of the House. There's actually a chain of command all the way to the Postmaster General. Anyway, so it's interesting now. This is the thought I had about this. this, this uh, oh, by the way, a congressman, a Democratic congressman, has, has stated that if Ted Cruz wins the nomination, he will uh, sue Ted Cruz over the uh, birth certificate, well, the you know, citizenship. And wow. I find this whole thing interesting, fascinating, and, of course, at the same time, hypocritical. Um, the court case was hidden from uh, a number of attorneys during the, the Obama birther situation, but if Trump wins, all of a sudden, oh, we just happened to find this court case that the Republicans never could when they were going after Obama. But wait, 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 wait. So you hide the case, mm-hmm. you get your guy in, and when you don't want somebody from the Republicans in, you're going to pull it out of your hat. Really? But that's not in your fault. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, not, that's what I'm saying. I mean, and that, I was going to say that earlier, and I, I hear some background noise coming from uh, someone's mic, and remember, folks, I do keep them open. So if you're going to have any background noise, uh, if you just uh, mute your phone or your mic uh, until we uh, have you come back in, uh, go ahead and do that. Um, 
But yeah, that's, I was thinking that'd be kind of hypocritical of, of the people in the Obama camp, uh, you know, where they were, you know, talk about his you know, citizenship or whether he was eligible to run for president. Of course, here we are. Uh, then, you know, for them to come back and say anything about Cruz, which I, I don't think I've heard much uh, from from them talking about Cruz. I think uh, the Democrats is pretty are, are pretty focused right now on uh, Donald Trump. Uh, now, of course, he's a front runner, so you know that would be you know one reasoning for that. Uh, but normally, you know, at least what I've seen in, in previous elections is you know they've kind of spread it around a little bit on you know on on blasting the, the Republican candidates uh, you know more you know other than just uh, the front runner. But I'm, I'm just not seeing that as much uh, this year. Something else uh, has you know. You know, let me know. Uh, but so what I'm going to do is looks like we brought things uh, back around. Uh, so as I said, I'm getting ready to play an audio. Uh, and this is the part uh, I believe Susan was talking about uh, when they talk about uh, the, the, the country cure for cancer. That, that's kind of this part is in here. Um, and so let's uh, keep our, our mics uh, closed if uh, there's going to be any background noise when I play it. And uh, if you're new listening to the show, whether you're uh, listening live and are new uh, from the uh, doing some research on all different uh, places people listen to the show uh, through their uh, cell phones, iPads, uh, things of that nature, uh, browsers, uh, uh, iTunes, you know, things of that nature if people listen to the show. Uh, so if you're listening live now uh, or if uh, you're listening here to the archives, and I know some folks, you know, since you can fast forward on the archives, they might just skip spots uh, throughout the show. So uh, if you've done so and you're at this point, uh, I do have on the Bard's Logic Political Talk website uh, at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com uh, some new things there, such as on the Be Informed, Get Involved page, uh, where you can watch a uh, live streaming uh, Newsmax TV video there. Uh, so you can check that out as well as on the home page. If you'd like to follow me, the host, on Twitter, uh, just uh, you can follow me through the home page. As well as, uh, and I appreciate if you tweet out the show, uh, which each week I have the link uh, to this episode there. So uh, pretty simple. You just click on that, and you should be able to uh, send the, the link to the show out. If there's any problems, just message me through the contact page uh, of the website. And then uh, speaking of the website uh, contact page, uh, underneath where you can contact me uh, through the email, is there's the email that I send out each week, and it does change a little bit, of course, uh, with the, the description and the, the link from uh, the most recent show or the upcoming show. Uh, pretty much, if you could just copy and paste that onto your own email and send it out to, uh, to your friends, family, and those interested uh, in what we discussed tonight, uh, so they can either join us live uh, on some evenings, or if they can't do that, they can at least listen to the archive. And so uh, I put that there on the contact page uh, so it'll be easy for folks to uh, copy and paste it. And even though on uh, your draft, it won't look like there's the link there that they'll be able to click, but I've half tested it out, and those links will come up uh, on the emails that your friends and uh, those will receive. And so, uh, you know, check that out. To do that, I really appreciate it because uh, that's one of the ways uh, we can, you know, spread the word here for the show. And so this clip uh, is an exit. It's about seven minutes, so that would be a good amount of time to uh, open up a new browser and go to the show's website. Uh, so if you'd like to follow me or tweet out the show or, or send the emails, uh, that would be a good time to do that. 
So let's go ahead and listen to the next clip, and we'll bring things back around. And what we'll do first is after the clip, we'll bring in uh, Eugene, and then we'll – not Eugene. And then uh, Ed, and then if Jesse, you've got any other comments you'd like to make in the chat, or Tessa, uh, we can uh, read those off if you want to make uh, comments on what we're going to hear. And then we'll bring it back to – you, Susan, and Cindy, and, of course, Kelly as well. That's kind of how we're going to work our roundtable discussion. We uh, still have half of the show left. And so let's uh, get to the second half of the show by playing the audio. Tonight, the board's fantastic to offshore accounts. The point is, I believe, that in this new economy, workers and startups and small businesses need more of a voice, not less. The rules should work for them. And I'm not alone in this. This year I plan to lift up the many businesses who figured out that doing right by their workers or their customers or their communities ends up being good for their shareholders. And I want to spread those best practices across America. That's part of a brighter future. In fact, it turns out many of our best corporate citizens are also our most creative. And this brings me to the second big question we as a country have to answer. How do we reignite that spirit of innovation to meet our biggest challenges? Sixty years ago, when the Russians beat us into space, we didn't deny Sputnik was up there. We didn't argue about the science or shrink our research and development budget. We built a space program almost overnight, and 12 years later, we were walking on the moon. of discovery is in our DNA. America is Thomas Edison and the Wright brothers and George Washington Carver. America's Grace Hopper and Katherine Johnson and Sally Ride. America is every immigrant and entrepreneur from Boston to Austin to Silicon Valley racing to shape a better future. That's who we are. And over the past seven years, we've nurtured that spirit. We've protected an open Internet and taken bold new steps to get more students and low-income Americans online. We've launched next-generation manufacturing hubs and online tools that give an entrepreneur everything he or she needs to start a business in a single day. But we can do so much more. Now, last year... Vice President Biden said that with a new moonshot, America can cure cancer. Last month, he worked with this Congress to give scientists at the National Institutes of Health the strongest resources that they've had in over a decade. Well, So, 
for tonight I'm announcing a new national effort to get it done. And because he's gone to the mat for all of us on so many issues over the past 40 years, I'm putting Joe in charge of mission control. For the loved ones we've all lost, for the families that we can still save, let's make America the country that cures cancer once and for all. Let me say, John. Let's make it happen. Now, medical research is critical. We need the same level of commitment when it comes to developing clean energy sources. Look, if anybody still wants to dispute the science around climate change, have at it. You will be pretty lonely because you'll be debating our military, most of America's business leaders, the majority of the American people, almost the entire scientific community, and 200 nations around the world who agree it's a problem and intend to solve it. But, but even if, even if the planet wasn't at stake, even if 2014 wasn't the warmest year on record, until 2015 turned out to be even hotter, why would we want to pass up the chance for American businesses to produce and sell the energy of the future? Listen. Seven years ago, we made the single biggest investment in clean energy in our history. Here are the results. In fields from Iowa to Texas, wind power is now cheaper than dirtier conventional power. On rooftops from Arizona to New York, solar is saving Americans tens of millions of dollars a year on their energy bills and employs more Americans than coal in jobs that pay better than average. We're taking steps to give homeowners the freedom to generate and store their own energy, something, by the way, that environmentalists and Tea Partiers have teamed up to support. And meanwhile, we've cut our imports of foreign oil by nearly 60% and cut carbon pollution more than any other country on Earth. <laughs> Gas under two bucks a gallon ain't bad either. Now we've got to accelerate the transition away from old, dirtier energy sources. Rather than subsidize the past, we should invest in the future, especially in communities that rely on fossil fuels. We do them no favor when we don't show them where the trends are going. And that's why I'm going to push to change the way we manage our oil and coal resources so that they better reflect the cost they impose on taxpayers and our planet. And that way we put money back into those communities and put tens of thousands of Americans to work building a 21st century transportation system. 
None of this is going to happen overnight. And yes, there are plenty of entrenched interests who want to protect the status quo. But the jobs will create, the money will save, the planet will preserve. That is the kind of future our kids and our grandkids deserve. Well, thank you for uh, listening to that the elongated clip. And as I said, let's go ahead and bring it over to Gene. Go ahead, Gene. Uh, it sounded like he had a, a lot of fluff in his uh, in his uh, clip. And then I liked the part what he said about kind of the moon and the cancer. Of course, it was a lot of fluff. But I think our our space program been tied down for quite a while. I'd like to see it energized because I think there was a lot of discoveries that come from the early space program, electronics and mm-hmm. all kind of that part would be good and but some of his other programs I think they've had that in Europe for quite a while with the windmills and the and the solar and it didn't seem to really work out that well. I mean it seemed like noble ideas but just in reality it hasn't worked out too well and of course he had I didn't he didn't mention it there about his carbon credits. He had some ideas but it's all about control so I don't don't agree with his ideas. A lot of fluff there is what I've seen. You know, I remember I was watching uh, some commentary afterwards with, uh, with, with, with CNN and, and, and Van, uh, Van Jones, you know, it was like, oh, my, and he talked about gas prices. He said, oh, my, my good friend Gingrich uh, was talking about $3 gas. Of course, all of us, uh, you know better, it was $2.50 gas, which we have uh, seen. Uh, actually less than that. But one of the things that I found interesting is they were talking about uh, Obama opening up the shale gases or something of that nature as, as pol- energy policy and opening up, uh, you know, for exploration of, uh, of oil through shale. But I always thought they were against that. So I, I found that interesting that uh, they want to take credit for that. Yeah, I don't think you should because I understood all that stuff that went on was on private land. But I'd like to see that with a change of uh, presidents that they would uh, be not so restrictive on things. Uh, and even like that Keystone Pipeline, I'd like to see them take another look at that to, to see if that would be useful to this country. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And then we're going to bring it over to you, Ed, uh, about the, the the space program, whether it's a, you know, a, a combination or you know, cooperation between you know the government with NASA and the private industries and Gingrich was talking about that as well in 2012, is that, you know, hey, you know what, let's do the, they're talking about a moon colony, and people are like, what, that was stupid, but actually uh, the reason for that is a substance called uh, helium-3 on the moon, which is actually uh, something that would be used in nuclear fusion plants, okay, Uh, which uh, has much less radiation, uh, nuclear fusion does, than fission. Uh, so that would be one reason to, to go there and, and colonize. Uh, it's not just uh, hype. Uh, actually, uh, there's other countries who are looking to do that, including China, Russia, India, and certainly I wouldn't like to see them uh, beat us to it. And then also, of course, you know, it's been so many years since we've been to the moon, and also, you know, work towards all, look at all the technology that, that, that we've gained through space exploration, and definitely would like to see more of a push uh, for us to go to uh, get to get to Mars finally. I mean, I think it's high time uh, to get to that. 
It looks like uh, we lost Cindy there for a second, so hopefully Cindy's going to be able to uh, give us a call back in. And so let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you, Ed. Yeah, the sky is heating. The sky is heating, man. I can't believe him and his global warming crap, man. But anyways, getting back to uh, uh, the argument on the space. Well, when Kennedy said we want to put a man on the moon, at that time there was only – 200,000 federal employees. Today, we have 4.1 million federal employees eating out our substance, and their, their benefit package, their health care, and, and their, uh, you know, it's close to half a trillion dollars before we start spending anything. Get rid of 2 million of those employees, and we could put a colony on uh, Mars or, or, or the moon. But if we just keep adding more bureaucracy on more bureaucracy, and now we're going to mm-hmm. put more bureaucracy with Obamacare, we can't do anything but pay bureaucrats. It's ridiculous yeah. how they're spying on us and looking over stuff until we get rid of that. But you've got the two gangs in there, the Democratic gang and the Republican gang, who are here just to fleece us and take us for all they can and put their crony buddies in their cushy positions and all these new organizations that they create. It's ridiculous. You know, they're just gangs, man, and they're 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 stealing off us. And and they've been doing it for a long time. And there's not really not much different. They're both in bed uh together and saying, Well how are we gonna rob them now? Well you say this and you say that. Okay. And then we're gonna do it and that's what they've been doing to us until we wake up. Jesse Ventura came up with the idea of calling them gangs in his book The Democrats and the Republicrats or the Republic uh Crips and the Bloods, but won't re Repu- Blood, uh, crap, uh, but whatever it was, it was. If you look into Jesse Re- Republic Crips the, and uh, Republic Bloods or something, yeah, like that. I don't know. Yeah, something like yeah, Bloods, comparing them to good. two gangs, and that's what we're up against. And he, yeah, he could. Both the Democrats and Republicans will get up there and grandstand, and they're going to lie and they're going to grandstand. There's no difference between the Democrats and Republicans, and they're going to say, "Yeah, we could do this, we could do that," and all they're going to do is. Put a little shell out there, act like they're doing something to steal more money off you. I don't even want to get into NASA until we straighten out the mess in D.C. first. Yeah, well, certainly, uh, you know, Grant, that was was spent on the money. Plus, I mean, how many, you know, hundreds of millions, probably not billions of dollars uh, that we're spending on other countries. It's, it's unbelievable giving money to, you know, all these other yeah, countries. Yeah, everything, everything, that's what I'm saying. The whole, the, the district of corruption needs to be decorrupted before we worry about anything else. I mean, it's so corrupt. It needs to be cleansed. And I don't know if it can be cleansed. That's why I said it's time we start looking at our, our own communities, talking about trafficking. You know, it's, I, I spoke to trafficking a couple of times from, on WKBN radio. I never met him personally. I remember first he was the uh, sheriff. And then in a Congress, and I like the fact that he, he, he pounded on the IRS, you know, I, and he ended up doing some jail time afterwards. But then I moved down to Florida yeah, kind of it, yeah. on, on, you know, on trafficking. But he did ponder on him a lot, you know, and this is what we need. Somebody, even though that I didn't agree with him on 100 percent of the stuff, he at least had the guts to stand up to the establishment. And, you know, we're going to start seeing something. That's why Trump's doing so good. But realistically, if you think Trump has a chance to uh, win the Republican nomination, you're mistaken. You know, don't treat the cool. It's not going to happen. He'll never get the, the 50% of the delegates he needs. It's just, you know, there's just too many people and too much against him. 
I appreciate its effort. I appreciate trafficking's effort. But you don't realize how strong these gangs are, you know. Uh, Jesse Ventura does, you know, and he, he, I still hear him now and then on different radio shows and stuff. He'll come on, you know, but uh, well, that's why the third parties there. and alternate parties are having such a hard time. Oh, yeah, the alter, alternate parties are, you know, but really what we need to do is, like I said, is start focusing local in our states. Because, you know, if we ignore the Federal Reserve, if we start trading and bartering amongst ourselves, if we get our strong state constitutional um Sheriffs, we can start just bypassing D.C. and start have a big burning pile and everybody get their, you know, start trading in alternative currencies and just burn federal serve notes for heat or something. That's the way I see we got to get away from them guys and all their money. Because the federal serve notes, nothing but a lie. I mean, you look at it and, it, you know, you can win a billion dollars at the lottery tomorrow, or you can be a football player and make a half a billion dollar contract, or you could do, I mean, it's so far off the gold and silver standard. And they send it all overseas, and you know, and it's all just, you know, put in electronic form. This, that, controlled by a centralized system. I mean, sooner or later, it's it's going to really, you know, break down. And that's when it's going to be good if you do have community, if you do know your sheriff, if you do know your neighbors, if you guys can grow your own gardens, look at different aspects. Because this country was founded without Federal Reserve notes. Our founders got here on. Guns, guts, and the Bible, and that's all we really need. <laughs> we don't need their phony paper money and the materialistic life they're trying to throw at you. And, uh, as I said earlier, it looks like uh, we lost Cindy. Hopefully she'll be able to call in, so let's go ahead and bring <laughs> it over uh, to you, Susan, and then bring in uh, Kelly. Go ahead, Susan. Okay, about this cancer thing. Ugh. I was seeing red at that point. Um, more on cancer, huh? Hello. GMOs, chemtrails, non-organic stuff, RBHT injected in cows, vaccine, big pharma, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, they're creating cancer. Excuse me, they're creating cancer. So I guess they want to make money. Big pharma wants to make money. The doctors and now Biden, they all get money. And it's just a bunch of clock. Just a bunch of clock. I was here right here. I was looking at Florida fluoride. No exposure to poison. Fluoride is unless you're out in the city, out in the country with a well. Fluoride is poison on tap. It's horrible for you. It's horrible for you. And in, the new thing is the, the new genetically modified salmon now. And they won't they won't uh, label it. Um, Let's put it this way, they're they're going to be forty percent more likely to cause an allergic reaction in humans. Five percent of the fish uh are presented as fuel. Uh so if they happen to escape they could uh, breed with them and eventually compete just wild salmon. Um we have a right to evaluate and choose for ourselves. None of this stuff is good for you. And he wonders where cancer and sickness is coming from. From everything around us. You know, and, and so I just you know, I wasn't laughing, but I felt like it because I thought, what an idiot. And it's for global warming. Ah, blah, blah, blah. It's warmer the last two years, he says. Oh, my gosh. He is such a looney tune. He can go pile the sand. He's not fooling me. Al Gore isn't fooling me. Um, 
whenever I put something about environmental global warming, I said, Peking Al Gore, Peking Al Gore, the only warming going on is in your pants, Al Gore, because that's what it is with his mistresses. I don't know with Obama, but there is no such thing. We've had cold winters, and it's just, it's just ridiculous. Both topics, he's crazy in the head. And I don't, you know, I mean, Biden didn't his son have cancer and died or something? Um, yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. Uh, everybody, even you consider all the Republicans, oh, poor Joe, we don't like him, but he's poor. You know, I, sure, I don't wish anything evil on, but you know what? Did he do what he was supposed to do? Did he, you know, did he try the natural stuff? Did he try anything at all? They probably just went to the doctors and did all their little, you know, the stuff that they want you to do. And most people end up dying anyway. Eventually from it, it comes back. So the the uh, radiation treatments and all that stuff, it's just, you know, for what caused it initially? It's because of the way we eat. The the what the preservatives everything it's a combination of everything. There's more and more cancers today than there used to be ever has been, and it doesn't take much to see. You know your 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 foods are the soil is being stripped. A lot of your topsoil blew away in the uh, what is it when the dust bowl uh, because farmers don't farm right and they're applying all those fertilizers and stuff. And one wonders why, even though I know that even with their organic, some stuff is seeping, our whole planet is being destroyed, especially by GMOs and all that stuff. Um, you do the best you can and you buy local and you try to buy organic as much as possible. So that's what I have to say about it. I just I just couldn't believe it. Biden's just sitting there like, oh, well, I can handle this. You know, oh, shit. There'll be more cancer by the time well, those also, two well, are done. Well, one thing Obama mentioned, uh, and I mean, I have to say there is some validity to it, is about AIDS. Uh, now, you know, it used to be, you know, God, I, know, you know, I would say about maybe 20 years ago, if that, uh, that, you know, if you got diagnosed with AIDS, you're pretty, it was pretty much a death sentence for you. Uh, I would say within 10 years, you were gone. Uh, but now there's people who are, you know, because of the, the different medications uh, that they've got, you know, combinations. I mean, there's people who, you know, while they have it, I mean, it, it's it's just not as, as as deadly as it was. I mean, you know, the technology has. I mean, remember, I mean, it was people were were getting concerned about an epidemic, uh, an AIDS epidemic. Uh, you know, I mean, people were very scared about that, but you're not hearing that, at least here in the United States, um, that it being it that it being that way. Well, I, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, if they could do something about, yeah, I mean, I, I I hear and agree with a lot of your points. Uh, I mean, my mother uh, passed away from cancer, but her thing was is she had cancer because she was a heavy smoker. Um, you know, so that I mean, that's what caused that. You know, but, I mean, if they can find, you know, a way to cure cancer, I'm not going to be somebody who wants to get in the way, uh, you know, of, of doing that, of, of them doing that. You know, there's a lot of people say it's a lot of fluff might be, you know, just a lot of putting things out there. But if maybe someone – because here's the thing. I, I'm a firm believer of just because, you know, one particular party puts an idea out there, okay, if they put an idea, an idea, idea out there, okay, to us and – 
while they may be disingenuous about it, that don't mean it's not something we shouldn't strive for. Okay, and we should. It's not, you know, it's, you know, maybe not just a pipe dream. Maybe it's something that we can actually achieve, you know, to do that. You know, I mean, now that, that's what I said to one of my friends at work. I said, well, let's just imagine, let's close our eyes and imagine if a Republican said some of the things that Obama said, like with the, with the curing of cancer or something of that nature. I mean, what us as conservatives, I'm not a Republican, you know, we all know that, okay? But what if someone like Ted Cruz, let's say, let's put Ted Cruz. I mean, I know there's not a lot of Ted Cruz fans here. But let's say, you know, he, he was to say, or let's say Donald Trump would say, let's cure cancer. Okay, let's, let, let, this is the, let America be the country that cures cancer. I mean, would our perspectives, would our, would our thoughts be different on, on that if someone such as those would have said it? What do you think, Kelly? Well, genetically modified foods have an awful lot to do. Um, there's been lab rats that several generations, and they've got tumors everywhere. That's a whole other story. But, Susan, uh, I guess you were complaining about, uh, you know, the politicians. Well, real, real, you know, Kelly, uh, Kelly I, I, I hate to interrupt you, and you know I really do. It's just I do see uh, that we only have about 10 minutes of the live portion of the show uh, now, the show will go on. It's what we call the extended period of the show, or sometimes what we lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark. Uh, but unfortunately, if you don't call in at 347-945-7428 in the next 10 minutes, you will miss the audio. Now, of course, the show in its entirety will be available for the podcast. Uh, you just will not be able to uh, hear or, unfortunately, participate if you'd like to call in and participate later. Uh, in our program. Uh, so if you'd like to listen or uh, participate, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, because if you don't in the next 10 minutes, then you will we'll unceremoniously leave, uh, lose the audio. And I, uh, once again, I apologize for interrupting there. I had to get that programming note out, Kelly. And let's go ahead and bring it back to you. Go ahead. Okay. Well, yeah, Susan, um, you know, there's genetically modified food. Politicians look the other way. I mean, well, what do you expect? We have genetically modified politicians. I mean, the approval rating is, what, 12%? <laughs> yeah. And so what, what's really happened here, Susan, what's really happened here, Susan, is that these politicians, uh, they're space lizards. They came from the planet Zortoff. And when, you know, life on Zortoff is a lot cooler than Earth, and that's why they're always pumping this global warming because they're trying to, you know, cool the planet and they're trying to change our genetics through all these these funky pharmaceuticals, you know, like Xantax and all these other things you can't pronounce. But, of course, I'm joking around all the time. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's see. Of course, the reserve was passed. Rand Paul was on uh, Alex Jones today, and that was pretty exciting. 51 uh, votes essentially passed uh, the audit the Federal Reserve Bill. They need to go through another round, and the Democrats basically voted against the audit. And uh, so what's really cool about the passing of this audit, the Fed bill, Ron Paul introduced it once, it was like 72%, and then the next time around it was 80-some percent. That was in the House. And somebody pointed out today that when the electorate gets a lot more educated than 
the politicians begin to listen, even if they are from the planet Zortoff. But um, <laughs> so, I mean, Sorry. that's the good news. Yeah, that's just good news that it passed the Senate. Of course, you get your, you know, 66% for um, overcome a president's veto. So it's happening in the sense that the constituency, um, us little people, are really getting educated in mass, and all of a sudden the politicians are listening to us. So that, that's, I think we might be in for some uh, good change up ahead. It may not be fast enough, but there's there's some good news there. Oh, by the way, by the way, uh, uh, um, Robert, I got to ask you. Uh, you know, when you play these clips of Obama, um, there's a pause, and then there's this weird ah, or whatever it is. It, what is that? Is is that like demons from the pit of hell rejoicing what Obama says? Or I, I don't know what that weird. You know, when you play the clip. But. <laughs> Well, well, let me tell you something. It, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot less applause this time than there has been in other uh, steady union addresses. That I can tell you. They don't last as long, and there hasn't been as many. Maybe that was it was programmed that way because you know Obama said he's going to keep it short. But uh, that oh, there were a lot less. Oh, Believe that's me, what that is. Been following his speeches for four years. Uh, but yeah, but it was, yeah, that and there was actually one time. Um, and actually, it's going to be in our next clip uh, where there was actually a, um, a standing ovation from the Republicans uh, stood up as well. Actually, the whole place uh, stood up and gave him a standing ovation for uh, uh, comedy made. And we'll hear that shortly. Um, but go ahead, Kelly, and then uh, we'll go ahead and get Gene uh, uh, and Ed back in before I play the uh, the next clip. Okay, well, I'm glad you clarified that that was applause because my other guess was the the pro counsel from the planet Zortov came and that was the actual audience. I you know I I don't know anybody who would really applause at that stuff he says, but you know I don't know if it's funny or Ed or him. <laughs> Let's go ahead and uh, bring uh, bring you back in, Gene, and then Ed, and then we'll uh, play that next clip. Go ahead, Gene. Uh, I just didn't really have any too much more to say because I kind of commented on the last clip about all this fluff and everything, so I I don't think I had anything new to to add for right now. I'm probably waiting till you guys talk about more things or have another clip. I don't know if you have another clip to still run or not. Oh yes, we got. Yeah, we definitely have. Uh, definitely have plenty. I'm even hoping I can uh, get it all in by, by the next hour. And so, Ed, did you want to make some comments, or want me to go ahead and uh, get the well, next one? I thought the um, wall didn't pass. Kelly uh, on in the Fed. They said that there wasn't enough votes. Did it actually pass the Senate? Got 51 votes. That's a pass, but it's not strong it enough needed to 60. Uh, overcome the president's veto. It needed yeah, 60, so, Kelly. Well, but are they, they're actually going to put it on his desk so he can veto it? Well, you know, uh, veto it. it needed actually. Uh, it needed 60 votes for some reason. I guess uh, the way the rules went, they needed 60 votes, not 50. One. Oh, they needed oh, okay. a super majority. So it didn't pass. They needed a super. They needed a super majority. They yeah. Needed a su- yeah, that's oh, why okay. I, I thought it didn't pass. So you know, I mean, it's it's one of those things, and and you know, it's like how Obama is. It's like. 
he would have vetoed it probably anyways, but, you know, he don't even have to do it. It's like they're doing the work for him, you know. It's just like they make sure that everything just falls in place for him. And it's just kind of ridiculous, uh, you know, that, that he actually has Republicans doing its work for him anymore, it seems. It's, you know, they, they really like to build this guy up. And, you know, most people are, like, fed up with the game, but, you know, they just build them up, and and we got to sit here and kind of just take it, you know. The, the guy is, like, he already even had to veto anything, and he, he just, right. um, you know, he, he, he runs the District of Corruption, and that's just the way it is, you know. I mean, it's he, he is the leader of the District of Corruption, and the guys just seem to want to shine his boots, and I don't think we're going to get much change uh, with the next guy because we can hope that, yeah, we're going to get somebody that's there constitutional, but I still think we're going to probably, we're probably going to end up with Hillary. If we don't end up with Hillary, oh, God, we don't might say get, that. I'm moving to Ireland. If, we, if not, we might, I know, we might get Biden because Hillary, if she gets indicted or if things really come down hot on her, they'll, they'll probably look to Biden to come in as their savior, you know the establishment, because they're not going to let Bernie in there. You know what I mean? They're, they're yeah, that's, Biden that's, that's back. interesting. And that, and Biden has a better chance of running for president on a Democratic Party than Trump does on a Republican. And he and Biden's not even running. No, I agree with there's, that. There's circumstances. There's circumstances out there that might bring Biden in. So, you know, it, it just could happen. And, you know, you got to keep an open eye in here for that because uh, – I've heard chat on that already, and um, you know, but regardless, I still say states' rights is the way to go. DC mm-hmm. is just going to stay corrupted. I do have a comment now, though. I think the yeah. way things are, the Republicans are afraid to to do anything because uh, then then the Social Security gets cut off, and and that's the way it's kind of way it's set up on this short term funding, and then people don't get their Social Security checks, and so they put the pressure on. They need some leadership in there, so they get their budget straightened out. So the Republicans can do with a different president that they can get some things done and and listen to people and get some effective things taken care of. So that's my comment for right now. Okay, well let's go ahead and I mean, uh, get that next audio. It looks like we only got about a minute. Uh, if you'd like to chime in, just give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, if you'd like to listen to the extended period of the show, uh, because if you don't in the next minute, uh, unfortunately, you would not be able to. And so let's go ahead and play that next clip, uh, and we'll have uh, our commentary after that. It's about uh, six minutes. We have to answer together is how to keep America safe and strong without either isolating ourselves or trying to nation-build everywhere there's a problem. I told you earlier, all the talk of America's economic decline is political hot air. Well, so is all the rhetoric you hear about our enemies getting stronger and America getting weaker. Let me tell you something. The United States of America is the most powerful nation on earth. Period. Period. It's not even close. It's not even close.
not even close. We spend more on our military than the next eight nations combined. Our troops are the finest fighting force in the history of the world. attacks us directly or our allies because they know that's the path to ruin. Surveys show our standing around the world is higher than when I was elected to this office and when it comes to every important international issue. People of the world do not look to Beijing or Moscow to lead, they call us. level set here. Because when we don't, we don't make good decisions. Now, as someone who begins every day with an intelligence briefing, I know this is a dangerous time. But that's not primarily because of some looming superpower out there, and it's certainly not because of diminished American strength. In today's world, we're threatened less by evil empires and more by failing states. The Middle East is going through a transformation that will play out for a generation, rooted in conflicts that date back millennia. Economic headwinds are blowing in from a Chinese economy that is in significant transition. Even as their economy severely contracts, Russia is pouring resources in to prop up Ukraine and Syria, client states that they saw slipping away from their orbit. And the international system we built after World War II is now struggling to keep pace with this new reality. It's up to us the United States of America, to help remake that system. And to do that well, it means that we've got to set priorities. Priority number one is protecting the American people and going after terrorist networks. And now ISIS pose a direct threat to our people because in today's world, even a handful of terrorists who place no value on human life, including their own, can do a lot of damage. They use the Internet to poison the minds of individuals inside our country. Their actions undermine and destabilize our allies. We have to take them out. But as we focus on destroying ISIS, over-the-top claims that this is World War III just play into their hands. Masses of fighters on the back of pickup trucks, twisted souls plotting in apartments or garages, they pose an enormous danger to civilians, 
They have to be stopped. But they do not threaten our national existence. That, that is the story ISIL wants to tell. That's the kind of propaganda they use to recruit. We don't need to build them up to show that we're serious. And we sure don't need to push away vital allies in this fight by echoing the lie that ISIL is somehow representative of one of the world's largest religions. who have to be rooted out, hunted down, and destroyed. And that's exactly what we're doing. And that, folks, is uh, just to end with the audio there, with the clapping. And uh, back to the uh, factcheck.org on the uh, state of fact-checking the State of the Union uh, says military spending. It says the president said that the U.S. spends more on our military than the next eight eight nations combined. That's not quite accurate, but close enough in terms of raw dollars, based on April 2015 report by Stockholm International Peace Research Institute on military expenditures of the top 15 spenders. That report shows that the U.S. spent six. $110 billion on defense in 2014, while the next eight nations spent a combined total of $646.4 billion. The spending amounts for three of the eight countries, China, Russia, and Germany, are estimates. Also, the report makes a couple points worth noting, including that military spending in the U.S. has been on decline, while China, Russia, and Saudi Arabia continue to make substantial increases in military expenditures in 2014. And it says, also, as a share of the nation's economy, the U.S. spent 3.5% of its gross domestic product, which is only the fourth highest of the top 15 countries. Saudi Arabia has 10.4%, United Arab Emirates 5.4%, and Russia 4.5%. Spend more on the military as a share of their GDP than the United States. The Stockholm Institute of Peace Research Institute, April 2015, says while the U.S. remains clearly the world's largest military spender at nearly three times the level of the second-place China, its expenditure dropped by 6.5% in 2014, largely as a result of budget deficit control measures put in place by the U.S. legislature under the 2011 Budget Control Act. U.S. military spending is expected to fall again, in 2015, but at a slower rate. In 2014, China, Russia, and Saudi Arabia were the second, third, and fourth highest military spenders, respectively. China's expenditure rose by 9.7%, Russia's spending was up 8.1%, and Saudi Arabia by 17%. And so let's go ahead and do things uh, this way where we'll bring uh, Ed back into it on that. And, Gene, if you would like to make any comments there, and then you, Kelly, and then Susan. Go ahead, Ed. Okay. Well, you know, 
Obama, he's right on saying we are the uh, most powerful nation on earth. Unfortunately, we got, instead of a commander-in-chief, we got the idiocracy-in-chief. The guy doesn't even realize the first thing you should be guarding is your borders. He didn't even mention the borders. The borders are wide open. People are are coming through. Didn't even mention the borders. I mean, you know, our our jobs, we're we're losing jobs to illegal aliens. They're driving down our prices. They're putting a a, uh, detriment on our whole system. And and he just sits there and says, you know, I'm just worried about over, you know, that we do things right over there in the Middle East. And it's like, dude, you don't even guard your own country. You're that much of a traitor that you're just looking over there, and you're you're not protecting the people. It's ridiculous what he's doing, you know. And it's just ridiculous. That's why Trump resonates so good because we're tired of the lies. They were going to when they got Reagan to sign that uh, amnesty bill that grant amnesty the first time. They were supposed to stop and guard the borders then, and that was 35 mm-hmm. years ago. Or 30 years ago, whatever. And it never happened. And what did we get? We got five times as many people running through our borders. And anybody, you know, it's like, you don't think the terrorists know? Hey, if you want to get your people in, just run them through here. (laughs) Take them through the uh, Mexican runners. They'll run them right up through. You know, and it's just a shame. You know, if we don't guard our borders, we don't have homeland security. Our homeland security is even a joke. I mean, you know, if we, if somebody's ever charged that department, they're such a sellout. So I'm saying the whole district of corruption is a joke, and, and and the borders are wide open, and Americans are waking up to the, you know, fact. I mean, that's why that's the main reason Trump is resonating because people are like, enough, enough. We need to guard our own borders. We see the results over the last 30 years. We don't want any more. And I, I think that's uh, a, a point. I, I can't even see how he can sit there as commander-in-chief and actually think that he's turning his back on America and focusing on his own interests. It's ridiculous. I mean, a guy should be impeached for dereliction of duty. But, Joe, we've had uh, our friend uh, Christine Timmons come on a number of times even give uh, citing some examples of how he can uh, not just impeach but actually court martial. Uh, we've had uh, her come on and, and discuss that, uh, actually get, having uh, him be court martial for some of the things that uh, that he's done. But the gang keep on uh, clapping for him, the Democrats and Republicans. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, that's the, and, and, and I did mention, uh, yeah, there, there's only the one standing. Uh, ovation of the Republicans, and that's what he said that uh, our troops were the, are the best trained in the world, and that was the only time uh, that that did have a standing ovation of the Republicans. Pretty much, well, I, I look at the standing uh, ovation. Yeah, okay, maybe just that one time, but back in December right. when they passed Obamacare, when they passed Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. funding, when when I mean, yeah. when Franklin Graham ripped up his Republican registration and said. I'm no longer part of this part party anymore because he realized the gang that really was. And, you know, it's like mm-hmm. they're right behind and you think they're supposed to be opposition. They're not. No, no, they're not. I mean, I was a staunch Republican. I mean, if anyone here ever remembers the show uh, Family Ties, 
the um, uh, Michael yeah. Keaton uh, was uh, mm-hmm. the kid's name. Uh, and that people when I was younger used to <laughs> call me, um, you know, oh, that's a little Michael Keaton because I mean I was the staunch Republican since I was ten, uh, up and uh, up until 2012, uh, participated in a, a number of uh, campaigns for uh, different candidates, both locally and nationally, and I was even at one point asked to be a, a precinct captain and perhaps even uh, run for an office, uh, both of which I declined. <clears throat> but you know, then in 2002, um, you know, it's like after seeing what the, uh, the establishment, the the leadership uh, did, the RNC uh, did to get Romney uh, and I'd say coordinated, uh, I can no longer uh, see the corruption that you're talking about, that I, I can no longer belong to the party. And so now I'm pretty much uh, an independent. Well, that's great. Actually, our fathers didn't want us to have parties anyway, so I'm glad that more yep. people are moving in that direction. And, I mean, frankly, I would like to see, I mean, you know, because I think there's always going to be parties, unfortunately, and I agree you should vote for the person more than the party, but I just think uh, that, you know, our mindset, we have kind of like a, a group mindset, you know, belonging to a group, belong to an organization. Uh, we kind of box ourselves in that way in, in, in some ways doing that. Uh, but I think, you know, people just like to belong to organizations, and I think that's one of the reasons why party, uh, especially here in the United States, I think that's uh, why parties are so strong here. Um, but, yeah, but even they're more going so, down in numbers. Mean, they're going down. Yes, yeah, so, certainly. 26% I mean, I, I kind of like the, the Irish. 28% for the Democrats. Yeah, definitely more and more, you know, you know, independence, and, and and I agree with that, and I I'd like to see that. But I also like to, to see something more towards the Irish system, especially the way that they vote, um, because they have uh, proportional representation, proportional voting, yeah. um, you know. And, and I, I'm, one time I want to get uh, someone who's an expert in there uh, to come on the show just to explain it. It's a, it's a little complicated, but I think it's a, a you know they've got like five, six parties there. Uh, that have to build a coalition government in order to uh, get anything done, and then also when you when you vote, uh, you're more so voting for the person in the party because you actually vote who your first preference is for that position, and then who your second uh, preference is for the same position. So they do if they have a a Taoiseach there, which is their prime minister as well as the president. But let's say for Taoiseach, you had you know you like three people, uh, then you would vote uh, in order of your preference of those three people. And they have a, a really complicated mathematical way of, of figuring it out. But I think it's one of the best uh, representation uh, modes that I've seen uh, with voting. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. So but you got to realize that Ireland, Ireland is the size of a state. And our founders had it put up that if we only kept D.C. in enumerated powers, it should be small. There should be less than 200,000 people employed there maybe 100,000 people, and it should come back to the states. And the states then can have different models, and we can look at the states and compare. And that, that's 50 different visions you can have on how your state should be run and how you should elect your representatives. That's certainly, uh, certainly a good point. Yeah, uh, with the, the, the great experiment is uh, some what we call it or some have, have called it. I should say. And so let's go ahead and uh, we'll bring you back in, Gene, and then uh, we'll bring it to Kelly and then Susan. And then, you know, I still got uh, plenty of audio here uh, to last us for the last 45 minutes of the show. We may 
not get through all of it. I may skip some just uh, to get to the, the Nikki Haley. I don't have a lot on the Republican response, one, because they're just so short. Two, frankly, I didn't really – there really wasn't much that she said that was substantive. I mean, it just really wasn't. <laughs> the, 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 the response was – no, they didn't do it this year, but does anyone remember where they had two responses? Where they had the Republican response and then they had the Tea Party response. Does anyone remember that? Yeah, that was last 2012 in our last election, I think. Yeah, so I, yeah, they did have a yeah, they did have a Tea Party of the Tea Party response. And I wonder if I have that. I'm, I can't remember if I have that or not. But uh, maybe I'll look. And then there was also the um, yeah, the Republican response, which I found it interesting. I think. Rand Paul actually did the Tea Party response. Uh, but anyway, let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Gene. Uh, yes, I was kind of thinking on the defense part of it that some of our, to understand our missiles and all those weapons are about 30 years old. I wonder if they need to bring it in up to date to make sure it still works or not, or will we end up someday being a paper tighter or not? I, that would be kind of, I'd be curious about that. So I, I think we need a stronger military and, Develops and some of our planes, I guess, are pretty old too. The, when they have the B uh, 52, the B 12s, they have a lot of older planes that uh, they need to probably have a new generation of planes and just do different things on that. But it was interesting your talk about the representation, though. I know sometimes those parties made some bills. It'd be interesting if different states had had different representation. You could see how they worked and you know, if they had to put a coalition together or even the federal government if they had to put a coalition together. Sometimes we may not like some of the coalition, uh, coalitions, how they do that, but it could be interesting, though. So I think that's about uh, kind of the main thing I have to say for right now. Okay, and Kelly, let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you. And, yes, uh, and before, before that, real quick, Kelly, it was uh, Rand Paul, uh, who did the uh, Tea Party response to uh, one of the previous uh, State of the Unions. I just looked at that clip. Um, and actually, I think I played a longer version of that for the response than I did for the Republican response. I, I think the Republican response only uh, played audio for like five minutes of it. And uh, for Rand Paul's, I did like 13 minutes uh, of it. But let's go ahead and uh, bring it back to you, Kelly. I really like Rand Paul in Iowa State. Uh, recently, there was a big gathering at the student union, 600 plus people, and that was that's a big thing for Iowa. I mean, it's not populated too much, but uh, anyway, I, I like I certainly like Rand because he likes the Constitution. Um, but I I got a question for you, Robert. Um, have you noticed that uh, in your studies of Obama's speeches? Have you noticed that lately he's he's trying to be humorous, and sometimes he actually is humorous. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, and I know someone uh, talked to her earlier. Uh, maybe it was either Susan or, or Cindy who, you know, about him trying to be funny, but not they. They didn't think it was very successful. But I have to admit, there were some uh, tongue-in-cheek things and things that he said that I have to admit that that, that I even kind of chuckled at. Um, you know, when he was talking about it, like you know. You know, about, well, I know we're not going to agree on health care, you know, making a little jive, stuff like that. But it was just kind of funny. Maybe the tone 
a voice or maybe you know, that he used or, or something of that nature that was a little bit humorous. I mean, I don't have to like the guy's policies or like the guy personally, but, you know, if someone's going to say something, you know, at least for me, it's funny. And as I said earlier in the show, maybe I'm just too easily entertained, but uh, <laughs> when it comes to that kind of stuff, I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of got chuckled a little bit by some things, you know, and I had to catch myself. But I, I guess I gotta ask. Um, I mean, I know you've accused me of being a constitutional scholar, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out which branch of government he's in. I mean, he's trying to be funny. I, I don't know whether he's uh, Larry Moe or Curly. You know, the three branches. You know, maybe maybe Curly. You know, but you know, he's he's doing some really funny. He's things, a legislative like, branch, right? No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, maybe he's two in once and has multiple personalities. I don't know. Three, two, two of the three stooges in one mind. Um, but he is doing some funny, odd things. Like, for example, you know, um, he believes the best military in the world. He wants to make it better. So, and, and so the American people don't have to work. You bring in refugees from Syria, you know, not Christians or, you know, young men, you know, 25 to 35. You know, give them some arms, 10,000 in Louisiana, just dump them off. I mean, they could be our replacement military. And at the same time, he believes in victim disarmament. You know, we got all sorts of nasty people in Germany. They're rebelling against Merkel because of the rapes on New Year's. And so, you know, it's like, uh, let's see, you bring in another army and then victim disarmament by trying to bring in the people. It's funny, but I'm just not laughing. I, I, I just, I'm scratching my head. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Roosevelt would have done this in World War II. I don't think JFK would have done this. Um, I don't know. Pick any other Democrat from the past. Thomas Jefferson certainly wouldn't have done what he's doing. I. I just. I can't figure it out. Oh, by the way, you know what victim disarmament is, don't you? A victim disarmament. You, you know what victim disarmament is. Why don't you? Uh, maybe I'm not hearing you right, but go ahead. <laughs> Gun control. Gun control is victim disarmament. Oh, victim disarmament. Okay, I, I thought I heard you say that, but I, I, I wasn't sure whether I was hearing the the word right. Where you say it was victim disarmament, right? Yeah, victim disarmament. Gun control. It, it just I'm scratching my head. Yeah, and no, actually, I seen a uh, I just seen a clip on Twitter uh, under the PJNet hashtag, and someone you know said, "Here, let me take you know, let me get this gun away from you with Obama." Uh, and then uh, there was a guy from uh, Al Qaeda or something like that, and they hands the gun, uh, takes the gun away from uh, the American citizen and hands it over to somebody from Al Qaeda. <laughs> Which America did a lot of times in the uh, Iraq and. Afghanistan um, theaters. We left so much ammunition over there for them. So did Russia back in the earlier days. And uh, we we actually armed bin Laden to fight the Russians. So it's like yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah, and he and he, I, think, I believe it's uh, no, maybe it's in the uh, the next clip that I've got that. Uh, he mentions uh, mentions that, and one thing I want to he's got my gosh, well, we're not going to get through all of it tonight. Oh, that's upsetting. Uh, there's times, uh, folks, that uh, I'm, I'm telling you, I wish I could get a, a fourth hour in the show, or at least another 
maybe a three and a half, but um, there's definitely times we can do I can do four hours. Uh, well, but one of the things I noticed, I'm sorry. That's a lot of information to go through. That whole speech, so it's like, and rebuttal. Oh yeah. Well, well, one thing I found interesting is, and you might find it interesting too, uh, for those who who didn't watch it, uh, is they showed one person. Well, they showed a lot of people, but the one I'm talking about now. Uh, and I wanted to bring this up uh, because I found it interesting and odd at the same time. Is that, and and no one, I, I watched a little bit. Let's do a little bit of the. Uh, analysis afterwards uh, But one person who they showed Was there And I, I didn't understand why or how she got invited Was Kim Davis And I know uh, that You know we've talked about uh, Kim Davis and that on the show uh, Susan um, And I actually I tried to reach out to, to get her on the show And perhaps now that she's been At the State of the Union address I'm going to maybe Redo my efforts to get her on the show uh, and if people are familiar with Kim Davis, she was a, uh, a county clerk in the state of Kentucky who was refusing to uh, sign off on the marriage licenses for same-sex marriages there in Kentucky. Uh, Ted Cruz was down there. Mike Tuckabee was down there supporting her because she was actually jailed for it uh, for a time. Um, mm-hmm. And so what makes it interesting and odd is – one, how or why did she get invited to Obama's State of the Union address? I mean, did you hear anything or see anything about that, Susan? No, I did. I didn't. I'm definitely curious about that. Why would he have her at the State of the Union address? Would you like, you know, maybe speculate on that? I don't get it. Probably mm-hmm. when the Republicans invited her. Yeah, well, it wasn't Ted Cruz because he wasn't there at the he wasn't there at the uh, the State of the Union either. <laughs> well, no, to my understanding, he said he, <laughs> I watched half of it. I said enough of this too. I don't mind him missing that one. <laughs> maybe if Obama invited her, maybe he was trying to make himself look good. Yeah, maybe I don't. Know. Yeah, I, I just don't understand why she was there. I said, I, I, some months ago, you know, uh, I reached out uh, to try to, to get a hold of her. But, she, of course, you can imagine she wasn't the uh, easiest person to get a hold of. But uh, I may I may try that again to find out, uh, you know, what happened, <laughs> how she got there. Well, Obama flip-flops, and he was against gay marriage at first. Really? Why don't I ever recall yeah. that? <laughs> Yeah, he was in nineteen oh eight or in uh two thousand and eight. Two thousand and eight <laughs> when he was campaigning, he says he's not he's uh, marriage is between a man and a woman and he was uh, opposed to gay marriage at that time until it got popular. He he just puts his finger up and goes wherever the wind blows, but mm-hmm. and maybe he just thought, Hey, you know, this might be good for me. It shows show the my Republican friends that hey, thanks for uh Voting all my stuff in, and look, I even brought your little darling girl here. <laughs> yeah, he might have done yeah, that. Yeah, wouldn't put it past him. Well, Obama's kind of at the stage that he's working kind of on his memoirs, whatever they call that. You know, and they look back in history, so he's trying to probably polish everything up for the history books. 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a place for my mom Rushmore someday. <laughs> oh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> Did you guys see that dude gold uh Bob Saitung uh statue they have? It's about uh a hundred foot high or two hundred foot high. It's huge, man. No. It just came out with it. And they spent like oh my forty gosh. million dollars on it. But you know, oh my hey, gosh. you gotta the worship your father leader. Yes. Mao is huge. It is huge. And like I said, I could see them putting a huge Obama head as big as all the other four heads together on top of them someday, you know, when they finally take over. <laughs> that, wow. The Marxists are on the march, man. Wow. We've got the uh, – as I said, I've got a few more clips. We we may not get through all of them, probably not. But since we did kind of bring this one up, the um, topics came up. Go ahead, Susan. You know, about the um, – our servicemen and all that. Uh, uh, let's see now. Yeah, yes, their health care is paid for, pensions assured. Uh, but the politicians are saying that they need to, the veterans need to sacrifice meager pensions to keep government salaries 300% or higher than the average American. Chuck Schumer was the leader of that. Um, uh, Schumer wanted to exempt Congress from similar pay and benefit cuts and um, he insisted in fact that Congress had already sacrificed and not seen a pay raise and they were, most of them were paying more for health insurance which is true is partly his fault for supporting Obamacare anyhow so um, the annual VA military retiree benefits in 2015 were about 6000 annually, which comparing to 174000 for members of Congress, plus all the perks they get. Now, how are we going to strengthen our military if they continually are treated like that? How many of them are really going to want to join? That's why they're going to try to bring back, I'm sure, the draft and our are trying to get women in there and loosening up the requirements, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I am so disgusted with this. I don't like Congress at all. Anybody who goes along with this and wants to have their salary kept like that and cut these guys' salary, which you know I'm against the foreign wars and entanglements, but I am supporting our boys. They're innocent victims and all this, and this is just a bunch of bunk. And it really makes me angry about this. So I don't know if you, and as far as, oh, the, you know, the borders and all that, that's all right and good. I, I agree, bring them home, let them guard the borders. But Germany, with uh, what's your buckets? Uh, the Chancellor, uh, Merkel. Oh, my goodness. I've got it right here in front of me, and I posted it in the group. Merkel. She's taking a picture. Merkel, yes. She is taking a picture with a migrant. And he's not a bad-looking kid, young man. And um, she's, like, got her hand up, and she's just smirking and smiling and putting away. You know what? When they have these, uh, in Germany, these things with the women, and they're, and they're trying to rape them practically in the streets, they throw her out there to them and let them have her. 
I hate that thing. She did not defend those women. She couldn't care less about those women, and I don't like her. And, like, the punishment fits the crime. She seems like she would like to have a little anyway. Obviously, the way she's taking her selfie, the way Obama did with that Norwegian chick that came to that funeral, uh, what's his bucket that died, and and, and Michelle was so unhappy about it. I mean, she's taking that selfie the same way, flirting and looking like, oh, you're so cute. You know, hey, let her, let him have her. That's what I feel about her. She is horrid. She's worse than Pelosi. She's worse than Diane Feinstein, and she's uglier than them. Do you know what that was about? You know, the photo op with the kid that was a refugee. It, what was it, was it about? Actually, it, yeah, it was it was actually a, a postcard to the planet Zortoff. <laughs> well, it says here, right, they take the selfie with German Chancellor outside a refugee camp. I didn't mention the planet, well, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to well, <laughs> so go ahead and uh, because, you know, we're at the, the, the bottom of the hour. Um, is I'm going to go ahead and, and play the next clip because it does want to uh, segue into one of the things I did want to talk about tonight, and looks like we're not going to get a lot of time to talk about it, but some of the speculation around the 10 American sailors uh, that were uh, detained in Iran for a, a period of time, uh, which, you know, I kind of find it interesting where where it's coming around the same time as uh, the uh, – some of the things are going to be lifted uh, from Iran where they're going to be getting uh, some money, some of, not embargo, what word am I looking for? This has just been a terrible night for, for words for me tonight. Um, <laughs> when uh, sanctions, they're going to lift some sanctions on Iran. Uh, this has happened, you know, kind of close to that. So it makes me kind of think, hmm, you know, but maybe it is a, kind of a ploy to make people think, oh, yeah, that Iran deal is, is really working. They were willing to uh, give back our uh, our ten sailors uh, because of the deal that was struck with them in Iran and and I know they're going to get like a hundred billion dollars uh, lifted from the sanctions. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that because this next clip is where uh, Obama is talking about uh, the national security. And let me go ahead and uh, get that uh, ready for us. And here we go. But the American people should know that with or without congressional action, ISIL will learn the same lessons that terrorists before them. If you doubt America's commitment or mine to see that justice is done, just ask Osama bin Laden. Ask, to be alive. ask the leader of al-Qaeda in Yemen who was taken out last year, or the perpetrator of the Benghazi attacks, who sits in a prison cell. When you come after Americans, we go after you. And it may take time, but we have long memories, and our reach has no limits. Our foreign policy has to be focused on the threat from ISIS and al-Qaeda. But it can't stop there. For even without ISIS, 
even without al-Qaeda. Instability will continue for decades in many parts of the world. In the Middle East, in Afghanistan, in parts of Pakistan, in parts of Central America, in Africa, and Asia. Some of these places may become safe havens for new terrorist networks. Others will just fall victim to ethnic conflict or famine, feeding the next wave of refugees. It will take the world will look to up. us to help solve these problems. And our answer needs to be more than tough talk or calls to carpet bomb civilians. Well, that may pretty... work as a TV soundbite, but it doesn't pass muster on the world stage. We also can't try to take over and rebuild every country that falls into crisis, even if it's done with the best of intentions. That's not leadership. That's a recipe for quagmire, spilling American blood and treasure that ultimately will weaken us. It's the lesson of Vietnam. It's the lesson of Iraq, and we should have learned it by now. Fortunately, there is a smarter approach, a patient and disciplined strategy that uses every element of our national power. It says America will always act, alone if necessary, to protect our people and our allies. But on issues of global concern, we will mobilize the world to work with us and make sure other countries pull their own weight. That's our approach to conflicts like Syria, where we're partnering with local forces and leading international efforts to help that broken society pursue a lasting peace. That's why we built a global coalition with sanctions and principled diplomacy to prevent a nuclear-armed Iran, and as we speak, Iran has rolled back its nuclear program, shipped out its uranium stockpile, and the world has avoided another war. That's how, that's how we stopped the spread of Ebola in West Africa. Our military... Our doctors, our development workers, they were heroic. They set up the platform that then allowed other countries to join in behind us and stamp out that epidemic. Hundreds of thousands, maybe a couple million lives were saved. That's how we forged a trans-Pacific partnership to open markets and protect workers and the environment and advance American leadership in Asia. It cuts 18,000 taxes on products made in America, which will then support more good jobs here in America. With TPP, China does not set the rules in that region. We do. You want to show our strength in this new century? Approve this agreement. Give us the tools to enforce it. It's the right thing to do. Let me give you another example. Fifty years of isolating Cuba had failed to promote democracy. It set us back in Latin America. 
That's why we restored diplomatic relations, opened the door to travel and commerce, positioned ourselves to improve the lives of the Cuban people. So if you want to consolidate our leadership and credibility in the hemisphere, recognize that the Cold War is over. Lift the embargo. The, the point is, American leadership in the 21st century is not a choice between ignoring the rest of the world, except when we kill terrorists, or occupying and rebuilding whatever society is unraveling. Leadership means a wise application of military power and rallying the world behind causes that are right. It means seeing our foreign assistance as a part of our national security, not something separate, not charity. When we lead nearly 200 nations to the most ambitious agreement in history to fight climate change, yes, that helps vulnerable countries, but it also protects our kids. When we help Ukraine defend its democracy or Colombia resolve a decades-long war, that strengthens the international order we depend on. When we help African countries feed their people and care for the sick. It's the right thing to do, and it prevents the next pandemic from reaching our shores. You know, right now we're on track to end the scourge of HIV-AIDS. That's within our grasp, and we have the chance to accomplish the same thing with malaria, something I'll be pushing this Congress to fund this year. Okay, so it's unfortunate it was time to do uh, closing comments. Uh, so if we could get more out on that and about uh, the 10 American sailors uh, that were in Iran that have already been released, but I was hoping we could have more about uh, that in our discussion tonight. Some said we, could, we probably could have had enough material and, and talked to last us a, another hour. But let's go ahead and uh, each person gets about you know two minutes to do uh, their closing comments for this evening, and of course we're welcome to have you back uh, on the show next week. And uh, what we'll do is we will uh, start with Susan, so give deference to the lady here, and then we'll go to Jean and Ed, and then you, Kelly, and then myself. Uh, go ahead, uh, Susan. Um, yeah, before we get off, how about those Seahawks? There <laughs> uh, we go. Up. You said that last <laughs> week. <laughs> oh yeah, but they won. What can you say? And now are you going to yeah. root for them? <laughs> no, I'm. I'm I, I don't know who I'm rooting for right now. Kansas City, maybe. I don't know. Are they still in it? Yeah. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Oh no! Oh gosh, no, not the Steelers. Side, I anyway. hate the Steelers. Me too. I can't stand the Steelers doing the Roethlisberger. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. We were caught in Ravensburger for a while there. <laughs> I don't. I don't yeah, like well, the well, I'm I'm a, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan, so that should tell you something. To add. <laughs> oh, okay, man. Yeah, you guys yeah, got I ripped on like, that last game. <laughs> I, I yes, like we them did. too because they actually Eddie Dalton did compliment the Seahawks, so. I became a fan of his. <laughs> but anyway, oh, I needed it. to throw that in. Yeah, I needed to throw that in. Sorry. <laughs> um, That's okay. What can I? What can I say about all this? I'm just. 
I'm just sick of him, and I'm 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 sick of uh, both parties. I don't know what I'll do if we get say Rubio versus Hillary or something. I oh my God, that'd be horrible. And I don't think Rubio's got a shot. Well, you know, uh, I really don't know. I I think Obama doesn't want Hillary in there. I really think he doesn't. He hates her. She hates him. And I think in his own way, he wants Trump to win. I was reading an article on that because he'd like to see the Republicans and Trump blame for the collapse of the economy. And he's going to keep it so there's problems until someone else takes over. And then he can say, see, you know, and I don't think they realize that that's what he could be plotting. And and then he can't, Hillary doesn't get the credit for destroying this country. That's part of it. Or he will. And he wants that credit. He wants to uh, be known for that. And, you know, they're all, most of them, not all of them, are controlled by the New World Order. So that's my mantra and my theme, anyway, is that the New World Order is behind a lot of this. And they're just puppets for most of them. And those that aren't, well, I fear for the few that aren't, you know. Um, I remember the Bilderbergers at one of the meetings, they uh, they said they'd like to get all Ron Paul followers and get them on a plane and, I don't know how the heck he would, they'd think they'd fit them all on there, but I guess it's just the idea, and have them killed, have the plane crash. Um, that's how much someone like Ron Paul is hated. So if you support the Constitution and the truth, they, they hate you, because the New World Order has its plans. They really do, and Robert Welch from the John Birch Society warned years ago what was going to happen and why. And if people had listened to the Watchmen on the Walls, I call the Birch Society, Way back when, we wouldn't be in a pickle now, but they didn't. The Republicans were just as bad laughing and taunting us and saying we were stupid. So, you know, um, this is why we're in the muddle we're in. Had they listened, had they heeded the warnings, we wouldn't be here. So we should get, uh, we should, you know, we should get some of them on the, the show. I know you got some, some people, you know, there. So uh, ask around, see if uh, any of them would be. Uh, able to have the time to, uh, to to share with us, and so uh, and, and keep me posted on that. So let's go ahead and bring it over okay. uh, to you, Gene. Thank uh, thank you, Susan. Uh, I, I just don't. I'm trying to think about kind of what the conversation has been to kind of round up things. That like I said, I think it would be interesting to have a change in the direction, but it's interesting what Susan said that some kind of collapse could happen, which did happen when Bush was in and hope it won't happen, but they borrowed so much money and everything, never know, I guess, but hopefully that won't mm-hmm. happen for a while. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of some of my main thoughts. And the, uh, yeah. And, and actually uh, uh, listening to it, the, the debt was never mentioned. <laughs> Deficit was mentioned, no. Uh, but no, they never even talked to uh, the, of course the, the debt, uh, the debt was never mentioned. Uh, so that brings it over to you, Ed. Yeah, I mean, listen to Obama. I listened to it some yesterday, and just I almost fell asleep again today. It just, you know, it's the same old rhetoric, and he's not going to. He doesn't even mention the borders. He doesn't even mention illegal immigration. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's such a problem that you know it's really hurting our country and people 
are fed up with it, and people know it is affecting our country. But the idiot in chief, man, he doesn't. He thinks, you know, everything's fine because Obama's here. And like you said, he, or Suits uh, was saying, you know, he's going to leave it for the next person to clean up the mess and then wipe his hands and say, everything was fine while I was here. You know, and, it, you know, it's like, uh, I'm just glad that that's the last speech we have to hear from him on the State of the <laughs> Union because I, I can't take any more. It's ridiculous. The guy is just, you know, I mean, he, he's, he's only focused on his power and what he can do. And, you know, I, I'm sure probably in two or three years now we'll be seeing him in charge of the U.N., the U.N. Blue Helmets, Agenda 21, and, uh, you know, they'll be practicing right here in our backyards. And then that's when we're really going to need to stand up. You know, we've had, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Rissa Corey on uh, to discuss Agenda 21. Uh, we've had her on uh, some time ago. It'll be interesting to have uh, to get her back here and, and get us some updates, things of that nature. It sounds good. And so, okay. And so yeah, so while uh, yeah, I'll the look past there, uh, perhaps I still have some uh, some emails with some contact information for her. And so let's go ahead uh, and bring it over uh, to you, Kelly, and then and then I'll have to proceed with uh, doing my thanks for closing out the show tonight. Well, I think I'm. Well, I'm still trying to figure out what that sound is between Obama's pauses. You know, that that sound. It's like water. Oh, I know what it is. It's it's. It's toilet flushing. That's what that sound is. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. I, I just I gotta take acting classes from Obama. I mean, does he really believe what he's saying? Um, I mean, I don't. He, he you know, the governor of California, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He went back to acting yeah. and. Or maybe when he was a politician, he was doing the same thing. But um, I don't know. Take acting classes from either uh, Obama or or the governor, and I don't know. Maybe I'd do a lot better in business. I, I'm just I I don't know how they do it. But you know, maybe maybe if I become some politician, um, when I pause during a speech, at least hopefully, then I won't hear toilet flushing. <laughs> That's hilarious, Kelly. Well, then I'll go ahead and uh, at that uh, at that that note, <laughs> uh, definitely part of the uh, Bard's logic after dark for sure. Uh, so anyway, uh, not to digress, but yes, uh, folks. So uh, appreciate everyone for coming to the show tonight, our second show of the year. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting uh, year with the election. See how things fall out. We got three weeks. Uh, to the first vote there in Iowa. Now we'll see how that goes. Uh, I think uh, Ted Cruz will probably take Iowa. I think Trump's going to take uh, New Hampshire. Uh, South Carolina will be interesting. I think it's kind of a toss-up at this, to- at this point between those two. Uh, and then, well, things will just be moving forward from there. Uh, hopefully we'll, you know, we'll be getting some more uh, guests on soon. I did originally have uh, January and part of uh, February slotted to have our uh, some folks in from the Constitution Party. Unfortunately, we haven't heard anything uh, back from them yet, so I don't know if 
uh, if it's logistics uh, for them or, or uh, at this point, I, I don't know. So we'll uh, just play things by air. That's kind of the organic nature of the show. But, uh, again, uh, let's go ahead and uh, check out the website at www.guardslogicpoliticaltalk.com where you can see at the front page there. You can follow me on Twitter if you're a Twitter user. Or also, uh, I'd appreciate if you could tweet out the show to your Twitter followers. Uh, I've got the link already prepared in there uh, for you. Uh, If there's any issues, just contact me. Uh, through the contact page, which also has the uh, text for the email that I send out uh, to the people from the email list. And so you can send that out to your friends, see if they'd like to get on the Bard's Logic Political Talks uh, email list as well. Uh, so just copy and paste uh, that to your uh, own uh, email and uh, send them out to folks. And if they like, they can uh, join uh, to the show and join the email list uh, so they could get those uh, weekly uh, reminders and things of that nature. And also uh, here, if you're not familiar with Facebook, uh, if you're, you're listening through some other means uh, to get to the show, you can also, there's also a little button there to like the web page or website and also a way to get to the uh, the Facebook page uh, for the show. And just check out all the different other pages. We've got a list there of our featured guests uh, we've had on the show. We've got something new. Uh, on the Be Informed and Get Involved page uh, where you can watch some Newsmax TV there while you're on the website. And then uh, soon we will be having a uh, a media page where there will be articles uh, for you to read. Uh, So that will be there as well. And then definitely check out, we also have our Give page, which has some uh, wonderful organizations there where you can donate uh, to them. Uh, so that would be uh, good to look at as well. Uh, and so I will go ahead and do what I do each week, and that is end the show, which oh, looks like we lost Ed and Gene. Okay, so it looks like I will end tonight as I do every night, and that is by going the song by Aubrey Ashburn, and whereas you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. And so thank you very much, folks. So we look forward to having you on next week. And, again, uh, share the link out to your friends here so we can share the word and get your friends here on Bard's Logic Political Talk as well. So take care, folks. Good night, and we will see you next time. Take care. Good night. Good night, folks.
Thank you.